BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Make sure to check out the video version of this podcast at youtube.com slash game of microphones. See everything you're missing. If you have any last words, now is the time. the sword in the darkness we are the shield that guards the realms of men we are game of microphones Seven blessings, fallen dragons, and abandoned direwolves, and welcome to Game of Microphones. I'm Lord Sterling, Sir Duncan, the Devastated. And I'm Lady Rachel of House Fox, the Employed. <laughs> <laughs> and this is episode 116. 
On this episode, we're covering Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Starks. The Last of the Starks. And in case you're not already aware, this is from the perspective of someone who's current on the show. That means you've seen all the way up through Season 8, Episode 4. If not, there's still time to be callously sent away to the North without a lick of affection, or allowed to have your life taken away prematurely by kraken-shaped ballistas because your mother refused to give you any protection. So you don't have to hear these spoilers. Warning. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <sighs> really, this episode is just about terrible pet owners. Oh my god. I almost turned it off when he left Ghost. I was so mad about that. I said it at the beginning of the live show, and I'll say it again. That lost John my vote for King in the North. Or for King. I cannot accept that. Yeah. One of our listeners, Sir Mihai of the, the Lambdas, <laughs> of the Tensors and Lambdas, in his feedback this week, said that maybe, you know how they say when you die and you come back, you lose a piece of yourself? Mm-hmm. He was speculating that maybe John lost some of his empathy or something like that. But maybe. if that was true, then why would he even care if the dead won? You know, like, it's not like he cares. He would have empathy for any of the people who'd be killed or anything like that. So, yeah, but it's an interesting I'm sure thought. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. He said he noticed that after he was revived, he sort of seemed cold toward ghost oh, ever since then. Yeah, like, I can see that. It's really sad. It really upset me. I didn't yeah. like that at all. Well, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have <laughs> you back. I'm sorry for my absence last week. I started my new job and I was traveling. So thank you so much to Princess Sarah for stepping in. You did an amazing job. Yeah, great job. It was good uh, having her too. And glad to have you back. Glad uh, your job's thank going you. well and that things are Thanks. going great. Good to hear it. Yeah. So let's jump right into our top five. How about we start with you since you haven't been on in a week? All right. Um, my number five is Sir Gendry of House Baratheon. Lord, Lord Gendry. Of... Oh, that's right. <laughs> Lord Gendry. What that's am I talking about? That's my number five, too. We're on the same page, nice, Lady Rachel. Nice. Cool. We're, we're back in sync. Yep. <laughs> like nothing changed. Do you want to just start at the beginning of this scene? Sure. Um, I have it starting with Gendry asking, where's Arya? Have you seen Arya? Yes, that's how, that's where I started, too. Perfect. So, he's looking around, and he's with the hound, and he's looking for that hot piece of ass that he <laughs> had gotten the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's scanning the, the crowd, and he's pretty... I think he's surprised that She's not there. And right. The hero of Winterfell. She should be reveling in the glory of her victim, magnificent victory, right? Yeah, but that's not her. Mm, there you go. So um, he asked the hound, he's like, have you seen Arya? And the hound's great response. You can still smell the burning bodies and that's where your head's at. And he's like, well, uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, why oh Why shouldn't God. it be where your head's at? They're all dead. You're not. It's only natural. You stupid twat. <laughs> <laughs> stupid twat. I always count on the hound for his abrasive, you know, attitude pushing people away. I know. So I know. funny. Yeah. So Gendry's like, okay, I'm done with you. Yep. <laughs> he, he gets up and he starts walking towards the front of the room and he catches Danny's eye. Uh-huh. She goes, Gendry? And he <laughs> kind of like, stops his tracks. Uh, yeah. 
And she's like, that's right, isn't it? And he goes, yes, your grace. Like, where is this going? I'm yeah. kind of scared. I was scared, too. <laughs> uh, he's the son of the usurper who she's hated for her whole life. And I was surprised that she knew his name. And I'm surprised that she knew that he was Robert's bastard. I was kind of curious what you thought, how she kind of gathered that information. I was thinking maybe Varys told her. Maybe Varys. Um John could have told her in passing, you know, when like, or maybe, um, you know, he was actually, he wasn't there when she saved them from beyond the wall, but I'm sure she heard about his, his marathon run back from beyond the wall to pass the information and probably learned who he was as a result of his heroic efforts there. And during the the battle at Winterfell, I'm I'm just guessing though, you know? Yeah. I, I was just, you know, we, there's the story is moving so fast and I don't really have a problem with that because we don't need a lot of filler at this point, in my opinion, in mm-hmm. season eight of this, of this show. Sure. Um, but there's a little bit of like holes like this where I wish we had more time to kind of develop, like where did Danny get that information? Oh, yeah. I mean, if we had more time, it would be awesome. Of course. Yeah. But we'll get it in the book. So I'm not really too <laughs> concerned about where she got this information. The fact is, is that she has it. So. Yeah. It's funny, too. She says Gendry and the hall goes silent because everybody in there is probably thinking exactly what we're Uh-oh. thinking. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it's on. You know, even John. And she's like, she's like, you're Robert Brathian's son. And he, he like, you know, kind of like looks over and it cuts to Davos and John looking at each other nervous. And then and, John uh, like looks over at Danny like, yeah, mm, like, where's this going? <laughs> it's funny. This scene is amazing. There's so much stuff going on and they managed to capture so many different telling glances between people that tell you they so do much. Such a good job with that in the show. I, I go back to the, um, the dragon pit scene yeah, where last season. Yeah, the cuts of the camera, while they were completely kind of unnecessary to tell the story, they enhanced the story so much. And it made me personally feel like I was there, like witnessing all these people kind of just the it's the I I say it all the time. It's like the nonverbal stuff in the show that just makes it so rich. Yeah, totally. And mentioning that dragon pit scene, this is like version 2.0 of that, like you said, with all the different expressions and glances and stuff like that. Really well done. Because I was like thinking to myself, there's no way that she's going to execute this person. Like he just survived the like <laughs> the battle critical. of Winterfell. He forged the, yeah, he forged the dragon glass weapons, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, he was, he was a critical, integral part. And he, I know that Arya's weapon wasn't the weapon that killed the Night King, but the weapon that he forged for her allowed her to get through enough dead people to place her in a spot where she was able to kill the night King. So he played such a pivotal role in this whole success. So I was, I know Danny has, um, I feel like she's changing a little bit this, this, um, not this episode, but this season, I feel like she's getting a little bit colder. She's pulling back a little bit. I think she feels very out of place in Mm. the North. Yes. Um, and she doesn't get that like same kind of love that she got back in Essos, which she actually kind of goes into a little bit with John. Yeah, we'll, she does. We'll get to that. But I feel that. So I was, I'm a little afraid for her development moving forward. So is Varys. Yeah, I, I get where Varys is coming from, um, for sure. I'm concerned about her being able to, to kind of keep her 
herself in check, if you will. So I was kind of afraid at first. And then um, I I kind of realized as he was answering, especially after he said, well, I didn't find out until after he was dead. I kind of realized that maybe she wasn't going to like execute him. I think she was you know, making it feel that way. But (laughs) I I, I felt like there was something else behind Danny there that wasn't evil. Yeah. You can't tell at first because she's just like, you are aware he took my family's throne and tried to have me murdered. And and Gendry's probably in his head like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. He's like, I didn't even know him. I didn't know him. He was my father until after he was dead. Please don't kill me. And oh my God, I love this. She's like, yes, he's dead. His brothers are too. So who's Lord of Storm's End now? And it was at that moment when I knew that Gendry was about to be legitimized. Yeah, because like, why would you bring up Storm's End? Uh-huh. Like, no one cares about Storm's End. This, like, oh my god! To this. the point, no one's even tried to like take it for themselves. Yeah, it's just sitting out there. It was oh, so good. I like. I was so excited. I we'd we'd called this for so long that Gendry would be legitimized, and we called that he would hook up with Arya at least. You know, like they would get together at least for a little bit, at least. You know, um, so it was really fun seeing this come to fruition and the look on Gendry's face and everything coming up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was wondering who. OK, so there is no Lord of Storm's End. But the last Lord of Storm's End was Renly Baratheon, as far as I know. So is it vacant? It it may be vacant or there may be, um, you know, members of the household, like not Baratheons, but people like local people that lived in the in within the walls or whatever. There's probably still people around, but there's no sure. Baratheons. Um, and he's wow. like, so she's like, who's Lord of Storm's End now? And he's like, I don't know you, Grace. And she's like, does, does anyone anybody know? <laughs> and it's just silent. Oh, my God. Oh, God. And I love it so much. She's like, I think you should be the Lord of Storm's End. And yes. Like, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Such a brilliant performance by Gendry, too. You see, like, a slight flicker of a smile on his face just so slightly and his wait. eyes kind of light up but then he's like wait a second that can't happen i'm a bastard and i love how it pans over to john oh, right when he says i'm that. a bastard yeah it pans right over to john and he kind of glances back at gendry and they share like this little moment together of and she goes well no you are lord gendry you know, Baratheon of Storm's End, the lawful son of Robert Baratheon, because that is what I have made you. And I was like, damn, oh my God. This so awesome. Davos jumps up with his drink. I know. So we have, <laughs> we have a lot of like awesome things. I mean, don't get me wrong. The last, the last episode was terrible. And I, I know I sent you my reaction videos, Duncan. Terrible, <laughs> like painful to watch because I know you enjoyed the episode. I, yes, yes. Terrible as in painful to watch. It was a great episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it, as you could see from my reaction yep. videos that I sent you. Since I couldn't record this week, you guys, I recorded myself watching the episode and I sent some clips to Duncan, which I've given him permission to share if he so chooses. <laughs> How can <could> I <laughs> resist if you give me permission? I am like a freak yeah. <laughs> when i watch the show so funny oh man i'll, so, I'll try to do picture in picture and like pop up what's happening on the bottom of the screen so people can yeah. see you know i think i told you because i gave you the best part i mean i videos i videotape my the whole episode mm-hmm. but i i edit it i edit it yeah I you mentioned what it. the parts are and i'll be able to look at the waveforms and line them up 
Yeah. So um, you can see how emotional I was from like, what the fuck is happening to screaming, oh my God, you're a fucking asshole, Night King, to bawling my eyes out. So, yep. <laughs> um, you know, it's, um, it's great that they have this kind of moment and we get kind of Gendry getting this amazing castle. We get Brienne getting knighted a couple episodes ago. They have survived the battle. And I, I, I am such a sucker, Duncan. I got so sucked into this whole like party scene that like the, the second half of this episode for me was like a total mind fuck. Oh man. Like I, I totally got lost in the happiness of it. And then I was completely like snapped back into reality when Rhaegar fell from, or Rhaegal fell from the sky. And I was just like, Oh my God. Talking I'm about like so gullible. <laughs> yeah, snap back into reality too. They're like flying along, and the music is so triumphant as we're seeing Rhaegal like he's, he's starting to fly symmetrically again, like his wings are moving properly as opposed to earlier, and everything is good, and the music is swelling, <laughs> and then that bolt just flies out of nowhere and hits him in the chest, and the music like stops. Right I know, I know. And then it gets hit again through the wing, and then one goes straight through his fucking neck. Oh my god. Oh, and a big oh gout god. of blood shoots right out of his mouth. And like his head is like, oh, like after the first arrow hits him in the chest, you can see he's already starting to lose motor function as his head starts like wobbling around and he tips. <sighs> And then it boom, hits his wing and he looks over at his wing like, oh, oh I God. hate it. I yeah. hate it. I hate it. Oh, I hated every second of it. And I was just like, I felt so gullible in that moment because I was so wrapped up in all of this triumphant happiness. Right. Um, I mean, I know that we did have the funeral and I felt like this moment um, making Gendry, the Lord of Storm's End, kind of was Danny's way of giving the people permission to party and be happy. Mm. Because before that, everyone was just kind of like swirling their drink around and like oh, sipping, and no one was really, no one was really like having a good time. So it's and like it's a- kind of hard to have a good time because they just burned like thousands of bodies outside. Right, right. That's a great so point. I felt like this was kind of her. Like, hey, you guys, like, he's a hero. He forged all these weapons. He fought. He, like, he's a bastard of the usurper. Like, who really fucking cares right now? Like, this is We should all be happy to be alive. We should all be happy to be alive. Yeah. So I felt like this was the turning point to where we get, like, the great... drinking scenes yep. with Tormund and Brienne and everybody. So, <laughs> so you're, you were taken in by this and lulled into a sense of complacency. Whereas totally. I was watching it and the more people started smiling, I, the more uncomfortable I was getting, you know, like, like Brienne is like, ah, ah, like while they're doing the drinking game, just like hugest smile on her face ever. And I was like, fuck, like, this is not going to be good. Something bad I mean, like, is going to happen. I knew that maybe something bad was going to happen. But I was not expecting to have a dragon killed and for John to abandon Ghost and for Masande to get her head cut off. Jesus. I mean, like, I was not anticipating anything like that. I figured maybe that we would start kind of marching down to King's Landing and maybe something would happen and we would lose somebody. But 
I was not expecting it to be that intense yeah. um, after the scene for sure. I so. was not either. I mean, it, it definitely caught me off guard when Rhaegal got hit and I never in a in a hundred million years would have imagined that Missande would be captured. That was shocking. Uh, it was completely awful. shocking. Yeah. Uh, man. Great writing. Yeah. So, um, Sir Davos stands up and he's like, to Lord Gendry Baratheon of Storm's End and <laughs> Everybody Davos stands with his Baratheons. Up. I know, he loves Baratheons. We were talking about this in the live show, I think, where oh, we were, really? yeah, nice. we're speculating <laughs> that he would probably end up going to Lord to Storm's End with Gendry and oh. serving him there. That's fitting, right? I mean, that's... that's I- Totally agree. I don't see Davos staying in the North if he survives. Right. He's always been he... loyal to Baratheon. Like, that's his identity. So if there's a new Baratheon that he can serve, he's going to be on board right off the bat. And he's the first one to stand up. He's the one that saved Gendry from Melisandre, or, yeah, saved him from Melisandre, sent him back to King's Landing. He's the one that went and saved him from King's Landing before the shit was hitting the fan and, and extracted him over to Dragonstone. Like, he has a, a bond with this with this man, and... It's, uh, I, I am foreseeing them working together if they survive. I agree. I think they're a good little duo. Yeah, definitely. We've seen, they've, they've crossed paths a number of times. I completely agree with the, with that, that he will, um, follow Gendry wherever he may go moving forward. So everyone's celebrating and Tyrion kind of leans over to Danny. A fitting reward for a hero. And a lord of Storm's End who will be forever loyal to you. And Danny responds, See, you're not the only one who's clever. Like all smug. Did you notice you know? that Sansa like yes. looked over at her? She when was she looking said that? over at Tyrion, watching Tyrion kind of fawning over Danny, like, ah, oh, you're right, you are smart. And then Tyrion looks over at Sansa and smiles, and I think she's like disgusted with the way that he's fawning over Danny, basically. Because she just can't stand Danny. I was wondering, because I, I, that was hard for me to read. I watched it a few times to figure that out. Yeah, that was hard for me to read. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard this. to read for sure. But after a few times putting back, putting the pieces together, she was mad at Tyrion for the way he's still fawning over, over Daenerys. Because when they were in the crypts together, she's like, it wouldn't work between us. The Dragon Queen is going to be a problem, you know? Oh, yes. That's what it is. Um, so I thought this was an interesting line by Danny because she calls herself clever here. And two episodes ago, before the big battle, what did Tyrion say to Jorah? A common mistake among clever people is to underestimate their opponents. Which she totally does totally later did. on. She learns this the hard way after she does not armor her dragons and underestimates Cersei and Euron's capabilities. And just goes and plops her fleet down in Blackwater Bay. Right, like, right. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where Dragonstone is, like at the mouth of the Blackwater Bay, basically. Oh, that's, that's true. But so, like, Euron's just like sitting there waiting. Yeah, exactly. You should have had your guard up. Like, she should have sent the, like, she should have flown in on a dragon before the fleet got there doing recon from way high up in the sky just to get the lay of the land and to see where, you know, to get eyes on the potential enemy troops and everything. Like, I'm surprised that they just kind of floated in and no one thought to like, Right. I mean, we know from last episode that, that the dragons can fly quite high. Up. Oh, super high. Um, so like take him to twenty thousand feet. Take him to yeah, seven forty seven levels and Yeah, <laughs> and fly around a bit. Yeah. Stay above the clouds and you know, stay out of danger, but 
fly around for a minute before you go flying like 10 feet off the water. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally exaggerating. They were still high up. But, yeah. I mean, they were clearly visible from the water. Oh, yeah. Clearly visible and well within range of those ballistas. Yeah, which is too close to the water. Yeah, I mean, exactly. those ballistas, they I mean, shoot far, but I mean, if she's high enough, they can't reach her. This is the first time any of them have ever seen a ballista with this amount of power, though, you know what I mean? So it's not like she would have expected or even known that this was possible before this moment. But That's still, true. but still, I mean, you the, know that they exist. Yeah. You're, first of all, Drogon gets hit with a ballista at the loot train battle. Exactly. And apparently that's not enough of reason for Danny to, to decide to armor her dragons, give them some type of protection. Then they go beyond the wall and Viserion gets shot and killed in one hit. Still <laughs> not good enough of a reason for Danny to offer her children any type of protection. Her two remaining children who have been proven to be vulnerable to projectiles at this point. Hashtag so, so dumb. dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so. Valerian had armor, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, totally. It's well, well within the Targaryen tradition to armor and saddle your dragons. So, okay, there's Danny has nobody to blame other than herself. I mean, if you're going to ride a horse, right, and you hop on bareback. After a couple times doing that, you're probably going to think, I pro- I need to make something to make this a little bit more easy, right? Yeah, it's exactly. common sense. She's hanging on 1500 feet above the ground, holding on to these little spindly spikes. <laughs> and she doesn't think that she needs to come up with something to prevent herself from falling off or the dragons get injured and there's no reason to protect them. Like she doesn't think that it's worth it to protect them. Very frustrating. Uh, she set herself up for it and I don't like seeing it, but like she basically asked for it. You know what I mean? Totally sucks. Totally sucks. Anything yes. else you want to add about your number, our number five? I don't think so. How about you? That covers it for me, too. I think that was uh, pretty much it. Okay, cool. What's your number four? Oh, my number four, Braun for Highgarden. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? That's my number four, too. <laughs> <laughs> we are so synced up. Nice. We're, we're, we're okay. on our, we're, our periods are synced up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Our cycles are. are oh my synced. god! <laughs> oh my god! That's hilarious. So Tyrion is happy for Jamie and Brienne, and uh, he's he's they're like kind of hanging out by the fire, and he's asking Jamie about what's what the deal is. He's like, so she's going to stay here with you, and Jamie's like, yeah, she's sworn to protect the Stark girls. So uh, of course she's staying. Yeah, and he's like, come and on, I'm staying with her. Say something snide. I know you want to rib me. And Tyrion's got nothing. He's like, dude, I'm just, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're happy. I'm happy that we're here together, that we're back on speaking terms. Like, I'm just happy. I'm, and then he's like, I'm happy that you'll finally have to climb for it. You know how long I've been, <laughs> I've been waiting to tell tall person jokes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to climbing mountains. <laughs> to climbing mountains. Yeah. And of course, he's got to be all perverted and ask what it, what she's like down there, right? That was creepy. Jamie's like, what the hell's wrong with you? You're a dog. He's like, I am the imp and I demand to know. <laughs> Give me a morsel. Lecherous little imp. I thought that was great. And it's right yeah. at that point when Bronn just busts in the, through the door. I was not expecting to see Bronn either. How the fuck this- did he get in there? I don't know. I don't think they're in, in the walls of Winterfell because... There's like a camera angle of like this 
house-like structure. And then the next thing that we see are Jamie and so Tyrion. Stay here with oh, you. Okay, so, so maybe I'm, I'm not wrong. sure they're necessarily in the castle walls. <laughs> not that it matters because the castle walls, some of them are like totally destroyed. destroyed. So, <laughs> I mean, Bronn could just like walk through the rubble. Right. So, but yeah, oh I'm God. pretty sure it looks like, I don't want to say it's a brothel, but it might be like an inn or like a hotel of some sort. Or maybe where J- Jamie is planning to stay because he's going to. Right. Because he's going to be staying there. So he must have. Yeah. That must be his like his lodgings that he's, you know. Yeah. I, I took it as they are not in the castle walls. OK. Because <laughs> I was like, how did Bron <laughs> get in the walls and then sneak through the castle and figure out exactly where they are? He's just like opening each door or like putting like a, a, a cup on the door and listening in each room to see where <laughs> Jamie yeah. and Tyrion are, you know. So he busts in. I knew you were fucking her, which is referencing that conversation that he had with Podrick outside of the tent yep. in, at River yep. Run. I think they're having sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's him, you know, like, they've got to be fucking, right? Getting a bit old to be a squire, aren't we? They <laughs> <laughs> in there? Uh-huh. You think they're fucking? What? No. Why not? I'd fuck her. You'd fuck her, wouldn't you? I'm a squire. Oh. <laughs> well, he'd fuck her, that's for sure. And she'd fuck him, don't you think? The way she looks at him. The way all women look at him is frankly irritating. I preferred working with a little brother on that account. Uh, that's so funny. And, uh... He's like a pair of tall blonde toffs must be looking like looking in the mirror. And it, I mean, that's it's just like it was with Cersei, right? It's like looking in the mirror. Yep. So totally. funny. And Tyrion like doesn't understand yet that that Bronn is not on their team. Fully, no, he's you know? like fucking carrying a crossbow. Yeah. So Bronn of the Blackwater. He like, <laughs> Joffrey's crossbow. Yeah, Joffrey's. He like welcomes him in. Where's your drink? What do you... What are you doing up north? And Jamie notices a crossbow. Yeah. Oh, this? This is for this you. Is for for you. both of you. <laughs> and um, it, it, I couldn't believe this was happening. I was this. I mean, I there's afraid. a lot of scenes in this episode that made me feel uncomfortable, but I was very uncomfortable watching this. Me too. I thought at any moment because Tyrion and Jamie are both unarmed. Yeah. They're exactly. totally unarmed. And neither, even if they were armed, like, what difference does it make? It's brawn. Neither of them could, like, when Jamie stands up, he's like, uh-uh-uh-uh, like, don't even no. fool yourself. Your days are over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. And so, uh, it, he's like, you boys are a pair of gold-plated cunts. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> like, like the hound, you can always count on brawn. For some we great only get lines. the Hound and Bronn together right before the Battle of the Blackwater, right? I think so. I wish we could see more of those two together. Yeah, like, that would be great. The word cunt would have a whole, like... It would lose all meaning. It would, it would lose all said meaning. So much. <laughs> Poor cunt. Cunt. Cunts and cunts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... So he's he's like, year after year, I've shoveled Lannister's shit. And what do I have to show? And Tyrion's like, well, you're a knight, thanks to me. And he's like, uh-uh, thanks to me? And that title's worth about as much as a blonde hair from your brother's ball sack. <laughs> I laughed out loud when he said that. I thought that was so funny. 
And I was thinking, one of Jamie's hairs or one of Brienne's hairs? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and uh, Tyrion brings up that riddle. Power resides where men believe. Shut your mouth, Bronn says. Cuts him and off. Tyrion's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm exceedingly uncomfortable at this point. He's like, I've yeah. never hit a dwarf before, but say another word and I will belt you. And Tyrion doesn't believe it, so he keeps talking, and he fucking cracks him with a left cross right to the <laughs> face. And, and Tyrion thinks he broke his nose, but he's like, I didn't break your nose. I've been breaking noses since I was your size, and I know what it sounds like, <laughs> which is I know. He's hilarious. like, listen to me. Your sister offered me River Run. To kill you both, basically, implied. Yeah. And I'm here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, and you trusted Cersei? He goes, well, I knew your sister was dead the second I saw those dragons. So basically, that's why he's here. Yeah. Is she yeah. offered me River Run. I remember our pact. Cersei's fucking dead if those dragons hit King's Landing, which we end up losing another one here in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still willing to bet that your dragon queen is going to win. So what are you going to offer Offer me basically. And he takes a sip of their wine and he's like, mm, that's yeah, good. <laughs> casually puts it back down. He's like, yeah. So funny. Yep. He's like, that's pretty good wine. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but if, you know, odds might change of uh, your victory if the queen, the dragon queen's hand turns up dead suddenly and maybe a few of her top generals get picked off one by one. And uh, Tyrion's like, may I speak? <laughs> Why not? Only death will shut you up. <laughs> we made a deal long ago. Do you remember? <laughs> uh, if anyone offered me money to kill you, you'd pay me double. What's double like, river run? Well, Highgarden, should you ask? You could be Lord and of I the Reach. I thought this was great because back when Jamie, after Jamie killed Olenna, uh, Bronn asked, he was like, I want that castle. And he's yeah. like, you don't want How about that one? <laughs> you know, so. That's when our Bronn for Highgarden was... campaign started. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was kind of funny that Jamie kind of shut him down back then about Highgarden and Tyrion like offers it up like no big deal. Like, oh, Highgarden's available. Right. Storm's End was available too until 10 minutes ago when Gendry <laughs> yeah. took it. <laughs> and so this must be really how Jamie felt because he shut him down about Highgarden before, like you said. And here he says, Highgarden will never belong to a cutthroat. And I'm like, dude. I was surprised that he said that. I know. I was like, Jamie, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, but it's Jamie. He never backs down to anything, you know? No, even with one hand. Yeah, even to a bear. That's true. Like That's true. You know, even with one He's hand. He's pretty ballsy with yeah. those blonde ball sack hairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a reckless, beautiful fool, as Cersei says, you know, like just jump dives in without checking to see how deep the water is. Um, like that's exactly what it is doing what he's doing here basically just tempting Bronn and taunting him. I love like, Bronn here though. He makes such a good point. He's like, "Oh no. Well, who are your ancestors? The ones that made your family rich? Mm-hmm. Fancy lads in silk? Yeah. No, you're a fucking idiot. They were all cutthroats. It just takes one bastard that's good at killing people. He kills enough people and they make him a lord." I mean, that's really I mean, it's pretty logical thinking. Yeah, I mean, kill a few hundred, make you a lord. Kill a few thousand they make you a king yeah it's true it's sad but it's true yeah i thought it was a great monologue very poignant and then all your cock-sucking grandsons can ruin the family with their cock-sucking ways it's true it's like um it's like the cycle of societal decadence where you have you know you have a prosperous society that develops 
and people earn a lot of money and they they pass their money down to their their next generations and generation by generation they lose their work ethic and become more lazy and complacent and lose that fire that made them valuable and um powerful and prominent in the first place it's it, it's a cycle of society you know totally it happens. i couldn't agree more it does happen sadly it happens yeah. i mean i wish it wasn't that case but it does mm -hmm. in many different societies not just you know one or two that's quite common yeah definitely so high garden give me your word you have my word but none it's of like, this means a thing until we take King's this. Landing. He just like switches it up. He's like, hey, why don't you come and help us? And Bronze like, fuck that. Yeah, because <laughs> even though he just punched him in the face, he fucking loves Braun. Braun's his, his he dude, does. you know? I would have said the same thing. he's a good fighter. Yeah, yeah, like I want him on my side. Yeah. I don't want he's him like, um, dude, as my enemy. Tyrion, my fighting days are done. But, but I've still, still got, got a few, few killing. killing days. Oh, that's such a good line. That is a badass line you could you could work your whole career in acting to the point where you get a line like that you know what i mean yeah like yeah, oh no sure. my fighting days are done but i've still got a few killing days left you hear me you know <laughs> i was like oh shit that's so gangster dude i thought that was great so i have a question for you because i don't think braun is gonna stay away from the action do you think He's going to show up in King's Landing some way. People have been speculating that. I hope so. I hope that like at the last like second he comes to save Tyrion or Bronn or Jamie or something. I hope that he ends up not just sticking to the sidelines, but he, that he joins the good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope so, too. I, I think even though he took the crossbow from Cersei and I thought when Kyburn handed him that crossbow that he might betray the the brothers, the fact that he lets them go here and gives them another chance, it makes me feel like if it comes down to having to choose to choose between the brothers or Cersei, that Bronn will choose the brothers. I think so. I, I would like to think so. Maybe more I mean, so Tyrion over... Yeah. Jamie? If he's going to choose, like, he does respect Tyrion. You know, like, when they were reunited before the dragon pit, they both agreed they're glad that to see each other alive and okay. You exactly. Know? I think his relationship's a little bit more strained with Jamie because Jamie took on more of, like, a a role of, like, do this, do that, yeah. do this and that. Jamie was a dick to him. Yeah, it was, like... Like a well, I can't dig because I got this golden hand. Oh, I can't row because I got this golden hand. Do this, exactly. do this. Here, I'm going to give you a castle and a wife. Oh, nope, taking it away at the last second. You know exactly. Like why I would be mad too. So man, and so Bron like slinks backwards out of the door like the Joker and is gone. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll see him making some good decisions from now on. And if, I'm assuming we'll see him again. Uh, anything else you want to add about Brown for High Garden? Nope, I think I'm good. Johnny Stitches was all stoked when he heard that. He was like, Duncan called that. <laughs> <laughs> but Bron called it really because he, like you said, I forgot he had said, How about that one? You know, I want that castle. <laughs> yeah. So what's, uh, what's your number three? My number three are the last of the Starks. Oh, man. Yeah, that's basically mine as well. Mine is called Information. Oh, nice. Dude, we are so on the same page today. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so We're going to fly through our top five. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like three against one. 
we have the three actual trueborn Stark children up against Aegon Targaryen. And yeah, and of course they're meeting in the godswood where speaking in front of the old gods, you know what I mean? It was just kind of fitting for the Starks to be holding a important family meeting like this. I think that's my favorite set. I love oh, the godswood. Beautiful. Yeah. The colors and the white tree with like the, the big red. red. Yeah, it's like a big giant Japanese maple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like an oversized Japanese maple. Love Japanese maples with like a big thick trunk as opposed yeah, to a real one, yeah, which are like exactly. super skinny and, you know, scrawny. We have a Japanese maple out front. Same here. Yeah. So John, I think, feels a little bit like three against one here, or maybe two against one, because I know Bran is kind of a neutral, even though he's a Stark, he's kind of a neutral party. <laughs> Robo Bran. Robo Bran. Um, Data download. He, so he gets defensive, like right off the bat. He's like, you understand we'd all be dead. All of us. If mm-hmm. it wasn't for her, we'd be we'd corpses, corpses marching down to King's Landing. <laughs> Great line. And Sansa's like, well, Arya is the one that killed the Night King. Okay. And she's like, what the fuck? It's a good point though. You know, her men gave their lives defending winter Winterfell and we will never forget them. And she goes, well, that doesn't mean that you want to kneel to someone. He's like, like, I'm, I've, so I know Johnny Stitches does not like Sansa as a character. Actually, Sansa for a long time has been one of my favorite characters. She wasn't at the beginning and then she kind of became my favorite character. And now, and now she, she's, kind now of she's losing you again. The list. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of fallen off the list as my favorite character. Damn. One of them, because I feel like it's like talking to a brick wall. So irrational. Like, I, I don't understand what her problem is with Danny. I really, really don't. I've been trying to like kind of other than the fact that she's in love with John. Well, think, think about it this way. Sansa wanted to give away the last hearth and, and car hold. Right. So the diff, one of the main differences between John and Sansa is that Sansa doesn't necessarily recognize that children shouldn't be held responsible for the actions of their parents. And Danny's parents, her dad specifically, killed That's their true. uncle and grandfather. So maybe Danny still has animosity towards House Targaryen in general because of that. Um, you know, I can, but, you know. But that, I mean, again, like, it's like talking to a brick wall. Like, get over it. Right. I mean, she's proven that she came and fought this war. And, you know, it's really not. Sansa's place to argue with John. It's not her place to dislike Danny. And I, I mean, I, I know that we had speculated, I had speculated that Sansa and Arya already knew about John's heritage, right. which is what was causing this animosity. Right. Don't so I was kind that. of like, I was kind of leaning on that from Sansa's perspective too. Like she doesn't like the fact that their aunt and nephew. Or maybe but, that she was just worried that John would switch sides, realizing that he's a Targaryen. Yeah, but I mean, we come to find out in this this scene here that that's not the case, that they were unaware of his heritage. So it left me a that. little confused mm-hmm. as to where this continued animosity is coming from towards Danny. I, I got it up front. I got that she was apprehensive. But after this battle, after what they all went through together as the living people together and what Danny did, she lost her entire, pretty much her entire Dothraki army. Most of her unsullied. 
she blew up shit with her dragons and and you still don't trust this woman i'm just trying to figure out like where she's coming from it's hard for me to relate to sansa in this moment and maybe she's maybe she just has a bad gut feeling and she's trusting her gut and sometimes i just have to respect people for doing that because trusting your gut Maybe she's on to something that we just don't see as an audience yet. Maybe. Um, well, we do kind of see it a little bit in this episode. Just a little bit. A little bit. Danny's, Danny's coming unhinged, I think. A little bit. She, Yeah, she does seem to be coming unhinged a bit. It's she's a little un- unraveled. unnerving. Yeah, it is. So maybe Sansa's distrust is going to be well-placed as maybe, the maybe rest we'll of the find out that she was right. Hands out. Yeah, exactly. But for right now in this moment, I'm kind of like, girlfriend, <clears throat> get off your step stool and yeah. like join your brother. And I'm surprised that Arya is like standing right by Sansa's side throughout this whole thing. Like she's like on team Sansa 100% saying she's the smartest per- person she's ever met, etc. I don't understand how that how Arya got to this point. Sansa hasn't didn't do anything like that spectacular to make you know, to seem like to other than killing Littlefinger, or right? Like I don't. I yeah. mean, we still haven't seen Littlefinger, but, so right. My and, my hope that he's still alive is yeah, slowly dwindling, slowly waning. But like <laughs> slowly um, waning away. She remember in the Godswood when John's like, "I'm your family too," and Arya gives him a hug, and she's like, "Don't forget that." We thought that that made sense because she probably knew that he was a Targaryen already. Makes sense. John's away. Bran finds out. I'd tell everybody in the family immediately because that's information that can't be lost again. And uh, so I was really surprised learning that Arya didn't know what was her motivation for being at odds with John. There, I I don't get it. Yeah, and. And here we we get kind of a little pendulum swing because Arya actually yep. agrees with John, and it takes I swore myself Sansa. to the north and to her cause. Yeah, and she's like, I respect that. And Sansa like what? whips her head. And she's like, <laughs> what? And she kind of lays it out for Sansa. We needed her army, her dragons, and she looks over at John. She's like, you did the right thing, but now we're telling you. We don't trust your yeah, queen. Now we're doing the right thing and telling you we don't trust your queen. Your queen. Yep. I, I find queen. the the grammar in these sentences very Telling. poignant. Yeah, yeah and Sansa says queen. the same thing to Tyrion too. Yeah, as we'll get to. And in he a even says he goes, "Well, she's your queen too." Right. And then, um, so John continues. You know, you don't know her yet, so he goes. He's trying to defend Danny. He's right. always defending Danny against his sisters. With good for good reason. Yeah, I I'm totally on John's side with Danny right now. I mean, that <laughs> may change in two episodes. We'll see. But yeah, as as where the story is right now, what she did for the Starks, what she did for the North, what she did for mankind, I don't see where this distrust is coming from his sisters. Um, especially the fact that they don't know that she's really his aunt yeah and Arya's like i'll never know her she is not one of us terrible attitude i mean if john, <laughs> john had calls that her way, out on it too he's like yeah. you're not gonna have any allies if you just trust like the four people that you grew up with yeah it's such a stupid way to think like if john thought that way the wildlings would have ended up coming to, to winterfell on the night king's team you know what i mean like the only reason yeah, totally that they, yeah the only reason they were able to survive this far is because john 
doesn't think that way and is wants to be allies with everybody. You know what I mean? I feel like that was Sansa's words coming out of Arya's mouth. Oh, kind of like Cersei's words coming out of Sansa's mouth in that letter. Yeah. Raven. Yeah, <laughs> I think... I think they've been talking. I think the two girls have been talking. And I think that might have just been like a repeated line that maybe Sansa said to Arya and she's repeating it because it doesn't seem like Arya to me. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very well. I mean, at the same time, she's like, she's like, that's all right. I don't need many allies. And it, it makes sense because she's a lone wolf. Like she always has been, you know what I mean? She is a, a, a trained assassin who goes in by herself and does these things. And like, she doesn't, she, from her perspective, she doesn't feel like she needs anybody on her team. Like, you know what I mean? So like, it does seem like Sansa's attitude, but it also like, it seems like it rubs off, but sort of fits with Arya's mindset. And that's maybe why it's stuck with her. Yeah, I, I agree. It just, it, I don't think she would have formulated those words if she hadn't talk and, talked to Sansa. Right. But she feels that way, you know, so she's using that as ammunition. Yeah. And, John, and John's like, oh yeah. We're family. <laughs> the four of us. The last of the Starks. And you had made this point a couple episodes ago about furthering the Stark line, that there's really no one to do that. Yeah. So I, I thought of you when she said the last of the Starks, and I find it funny that it's also the um, title of this episode, because John's a Targaryen. Sansa, well, Sansa and Arya, they're, they're girls, so... I mean, Sansa is technically either she's technically a Bolton. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, if she's nice to Danny, Danny could change that with a royal decree. I'm sure. Interesting. Since you mentioned that, Sansa's calling herself a Stark at this point. I I was thinking about this earlier. Cersei, she has never been known as Cersei Baratheon as long as we've known. She's always That's been true. referred to as Cersei Lannister. That is true. Very interesting. So maybe in Westeros you can keep your maiden name. <laughs> maybe, but then again, Catelyn Stark. I mean, so maybe you have the option. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's a like, choice. It's weird. Could be. It, it seems a little weird just due to the fact that women are so like suppressed in Westeros that they would be allowed to. Although Catelyn Stark, she always talks about how proud she is to be a Tully. Right. I mean, even if you're, even if you're like a Stark by name, you're still always a Tully. You know what I mean? So sure. like, that's, there's, there's like, you know, I don't know. It's weird. But if, if Sansa were to get married, like, let's say to Tyrion, she would be Sansa Lannister again. And her children again. would be Lannisters, exactly. not Starks. And Arya's Arya, children would be Baratheons. <laughs> maybe she's pregnant. We'll see. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that. Well, maybe Brienne's pregnant too. Oh my god! And we know There's a Gilly's lot of babies pregnant. in this. I love how they tied her in, like being really pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I think that might be the last time we see Gilly and Sam. Oh, I, I think we'll um, see them again, but I think that that was the last time John and Sam will ever see each other. I agree. I, so I, I liked that they used her being really, truly pregnant in real life yeah, to like not give until, Sam a baby, <laughs> and it's not until John hugs her and like feels her baby bump on his on his own body i think I know, and he's I love like his, looks like, down eyes. yeah 
when he hugs her, his eyes get all wide, like behind her back. And then looks he like, looks Sam. Down. he's like, what? Sam smiles, like nods, like, yeah. Yeah, so did it. <laughs> I had posed a question on the live broadcast. At this point, is the Night's Watch essentially over? Like, since the Night King is gone and the winter is repelled and the army of the undead has been defeated, is the Night's Watch a relic, a thing of the past, no longer necessary, disbanded, so Sam's vows no longer apply? I think that there... I'm not sure how many Night's Watchmen are left. Right. I mean, like, even after the first long night, they maintained the order of the Night's Watch just in case it happened again. You know what I mean? But the fact that the Night King himself has died. Dead, right. Or but then again, I mean, died. in the books, the Night King is the 13th Lord Commander. So there was no Night King, yet they continued to have the Night's Watch. I think maybe what they'll probably do, because the wall is broken... I mean, and it was a magical wall, so it's going to take a really long time to rebuild it. I'm not sure that they really will rebuild it. That wall That's is a, broken more good... than Brienne's heart. <clears throat> oh, damn, that was awful. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I'm not sure how much effort that we'll see in the last, you know, two episodes here. But I, my guess would be is that they'll probably revive it at some point. And... The men that were a part of the Night's Watch can either continue or not continue. Maybe. I think, I think this was kind of a reset button. I think Winterfell, this battle between the living and the dead, kind of reset a lot of things, put a lot of things in perspective. And let's see, uh, Dolorous Ed was the last Lord Commander. He was the... Well, he was at least sort of like de facto Lord Commander. I don't know if he was ever actually officially voted in. Was he the 999th Lord Commander? Uh, I don't technically know if he was ever a Lord Commander per se. Okay. Okay. But if he was, he would be the 999th, I believe. Oh, that irritates me from a OCD perspective. (laughs) If there's no longer a Night's Watch, because it's not a thousand. Oh, (laughs) like just. We just get like one more. No, but 999 is the. Perfect number to go out on three nine fine. That's that's silver, man. That's what you want for your precious metals. It's also the opposite. If you turn it upside down, six, it's six. the opposite of six six six. It's Satan! Ah, Nero. Ah! <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, good question. Me personally, I think they'll probably probably maintain some type of order up there. It's a great place to send prisoners and True. have a presence in the north, but. They've made a treaty and a pact with the wildlings, and the the army of the dead are no longer a factor as we know right this minute. So I don't think there's really much of a need for it anymore, but they might just do it after tradition. Yeah. Somebody had a really cool idea, which isn't gonna happen, but it was it was wild that like Kyburn finds the text that a text that tells of the creation of the Night King and he shoves a piece of dragon glass oh, into Jesus Cersei's Christ. heart and makes her like the new Night Queen. <laughs> oh fuck. That'd be awful. It'd be so cool. He did pick up that hand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so <clears throat> the last of the Starks, and he he I've never kind of been like a oh, yeah, closes his eyes and I've never been a Stark, and 
like, you know, Sansa's like, you are, you're just as much Ned Stark's child as any of us. Nope. You're, and Arya's like, you're my brother, not my half brother or my bastard brother, my brother. You know, and John is just standing there looking conflicted and he looks over at Bran. And to me, I thought Bran seemed a little bit surprised that John didn't keep speaking after saying, I've never been a Stark, you know, like, He's continue, like, finish that thought, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I thought Bran was surprised. Uh, yeah, and and so he they he makes eye contact with John, and it's your choice. You know, like you don't have to tell him if you don't want to. I'm not going to tell him. It's it's up to you. You know, and this is after Danny begged John not to tell him. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah. uh, as soon as Bran says it's your ch- it's your choice, you know, Arya and Sansa are like, "What? What are you talking about?" And they turn around and look at him like. You guys know something we don't, <laughs> you know, like what is going on here? Yeah. Like what is happening here? And, uh, and I love, I love Aria here. She's like, you're, you're my brother. You're not my half brother or my bastard brother. My, my brother. brother. Yeah. And, yeah. And really John's poignant. face, he just like so closes conflicted. his eyes and uh, just like look of pain across his face. It's just, yep. it's tangible. You feel it in your own heart. Definitely. Like, and he's got to make this choice. That's when Bran says, it's your choice. And he goes, I need to tell you something. But you have to swear it. Swear you'll never tell another soul. And he, she's like, well, what is it? And he goes, you have to swear it before I tell you. And Sansa's like, what? I can't make a promise to keep a secret if I don't even know what it is. Yeah, how can I do that? And that just, that just, well, because your family, like, I don't, I don't have a sibling. But if if I had a sibling and my sibling came up to me and was like, you have to promise to keep the secret and you have to promise before I tell you, I'd right. be like, you got it. You're right. my like, family. You have to make a decision. If you want the information, this is the condition to receive the information. You can either agree to that condition or not. Yeah. You know so, I mean? um, you know, he goes, swear it. And Arya doesn't even hesitate. She's like, I swear, I swear it. She trusts John. She she knows what type of man he is. Mm-hmm. And Sansa kind of mumbles it. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't notice that. She's like, I swear it. <laughs> like, it like caught in her throat. Whereas Ari was like, I swear it. That's like, funny. enunciated it. And I, I will it. say that Sansa mumbles sometimes other, other, uh, uh, you know, so sentences here and there. So it might not have any particular significance. Like, it might just be Correct. the way she talks. <laughs> but I felt like in this poignant moment, like, was, yeah, like you she should have enunciated it because we know she can enunciate her words. Right. Make it clear that you swear. Mumbler! Seriously. But she's known to mumble. Like when she's talking about, like, uh, was it up at Moat Kalen with Littlefinger? She's like, I've been here before, like with my father and Arya. Like she doesn't really, like doesn't want to talk about it. Like she kind of mumbled it. So, yeah. And then like I Willy love it because he says he says at first he goes, I need to tell you something, and then they swear, and then he looks over at Bran and he's like, Tell him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. can't even tell him. He can't even do it. <laughs> he so can't even funny. do it himself. Is that the end I of your number have... three? Yeah, I wish we would have seen the reaction. I mean, I know yeah, that's what Johnny was saying too last night. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know that we've gotten the information before, but it's such an it's such an integral part of this story. I don't mind hearing it again, mm-hmm. and i I would rather hear it again and see the reaction than not hear it again at all. Sure. 
I feel you. I strangely, I it didn't even cross my mind. I wasn't like too upset. We we sort of see Sansa's reaction coming up as she's would um my my number three continues beyond this point. Oh, okay. Oh, the, with the uh, Hound and Arya. Um, not that part, but it um go moving on next to Sansa as she's watching the dragons flying in the sky. Oh, okay. Because yes. it. Mine is is information, and as Got we it. know, this is no longer a secret. It's now information, so it, right. it covers the 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 transition from John and Danny and Bran and Sam knowing to like this becoming information. Got it. So next, Danny's with the dragons, and Rhaegal goes to take off, and he is in rough shape. Like his wings are like not moving like in in order together and it's like an asymmetrical like offbeat wing movement yeah and his legs kind of dangle yeah yeah Ugh. and it's it's kind of like the flying equivalent of limping you know i thought totally which was interesting and so sansa is standing on the battlements just staring and like in shock at the dragons and guarantee you she's just thinking about how her brother her quote unquote brother really is a dragon and has been this whole time mm-hmm. the dragon wolf and t- I like it. <laughs> and Tyrion walks up behind her, my lady, and she doesn't say anything, which is funny because he he like says, "My lord" is the standard response. But then later, when Kyburn says "my lord" to him, he doesn't say anything. So <laughs> oh, he's nice. like not even following his own. That's funny. Advice, yeah. Like I was surprised Kyburn didn't say, "My lord" is the standard response. <laughs> <laughs> so. um She's so mad, and this is it calls back to the way she like looked disgusted at Tyrion during the banquet. She's like, "Why her?" And Tyrion's like, "You know she loves your brother, but you know that doesn't mean she's going to be a good queen." As Sansa points out, and Tyrion's like, "What the hell? Like you're saying, like you don't." She doesn't understand it either. She's like, "You seem determined not to like her, yes. right?" Like, yes. The the core of every prosperous reign the seven kingdoms has ever known has been a positive relationship between the iron throne and the north john's gonna be warden of the north she says so good relationships seem seem likely but Tyrion brings up like probably he's gonna be in the capital a lot you know so you're really gonna be the power in the north and i'd feel much better about the future if i knew before i left that you and Danny were allies. Like, what the hell? Right? So, they're talking She's about... She's like, well, I suppose that's up to him. Right. She won't even look at him, and I love that he calls her out on it. He goes, Sansa, look at me. Yeah, yeah, that was a good point, too. And she, like, turns and looks at him. I like that, too. Good, good call on that. And um, this is when she says, your queen still has her dragons. You know, what are you worried about? John's taking our army with him. Your queen still has her dragons. Tyrion's like, she's your queen too. Um, you don't have to be her friend, but why provoke her? And it's like, how is that in, in anybody's interest, right? Yeah, and, that's my point. It's like, I yeah. don't get it. I don't get what her problem is. And this is, her, she sort of brings up her problem here. She's like, you're afraid of her, which is... A good point. Like, it's not that Tyrion just respects her, but he's also like scared of what she's capable of and what she might do. He's not fully a hundred percent confident in her, even if he says that he is. You know? Sure. So he's like, well, every good ruler needs to inspire a bit of fear. But she also brings up her point, like this other point, um, like 
well, I don't want, I don't even want John to go south because the men in my family don't do well in the capital, especially I not felt when that there's was a really bad there. omen. Yeah, exactly. John, John gives away his dog. Yes, and he, then he gets his dragon killed, and now next episode he's probably going to be up in King's Landing again. Yeah, this. Yeah, he's not and this making is the it second out of this. time he's been to King's Landing mm-hmm. and survived. I don't, or he survived the first time, and yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about his he's future. A, he's here. a goner. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. As much as I really hated him this episode for dissing ghosts the way he did, I wanted to slap him across the face. Yeah. Still love uh, him, obviously. I still love Jon yeah. Snow. And like, but... like one of our commenters mentioned on Facebook, the pro- they probably, it was probably just too expensive to have him like nuzzle ghost and do this stuff. So the unfortunate side effect of not spending the money it to make that happen. It was by his, for his character. Yeah, it, it had the unfortunate side effect of making John look callous and like a dick, basically. Totally. I said to Dave, I said, I cannot believe he just did that. Yeah, like ghost whimpers to get his attention and I he know, just nods like, at him. I, I said to Dave, I was like, could you imagine doing that to Jaeger? Right. <laughs> Our dog's name is Jaeger. <laughs> like, could you imagine doing that to Jaeger? Like, and like, planning, like you're probably never even going to see him again, and you just walk away. You just walk away from even him, even though he's I, whining and sad and injured. So Sansa says the men in her family don't do well going into down to the capital, but Tyrion brings up no. But as your brother once told me, he's not a Stark, <laughs> and this like freaks Sansa out. She turns back away from him, and she like starts like you can see the gears like spinning, yeah, <laughs> like freaking out inside of her head. And Tyrion's like, "Are you all right?" And uh, she doesn't say anything, and she's trying to pump her up. You know, people love her. You've seen that. You've seen how they fight for her. She wants to make the world a better place. I believe in her. And she doesn't respond, and so he's like, this is useless, and just starts walking away, basically, like talking to a brick wall, like you said. And you can see Sansa thinking about telling him, right? And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Tyrion, as he's walking away, what if there's someone else, someone better? And I was like, oh my God, you just swore to John. You wouldn't tell anybody. Like, it's like you call yourself your a problem? Stark, except you're like breaking your word like 10 seconds after you made it like a freaking sorority girl. Right. Like no you're offense, being loyal but... to John by being disloyal to him and breaking your word to him. Yeah. Oh my God. It's bullshit. So my, my number three continues next. When Tyrion and Varys are speaking, oh, yes. dangerous okay. speaking of dangerous truths below the deck of the Targaryen ship on the way to Blackwater Bay, back to Dragonstone, and all this shit is happening, and Tyrion's like, "Oh my God! Like, think of the past twenty years—the war, the murder, the misery—all of it because Robert Baratheon loved someone who didn't love him back," and. Uh, in other words, talking crazy? about Robert and Liana and John being born as a result of it. Yeah, it's totally crazy. And I, it was interesting to me as well, because Robert Baratheon loved someone who didn't love him back. Does that remind you of anything from this episode? No. Robert Baratheon loved Liana Stark. Who is said to look like Lyanna Stark? Arya is said to oh resemble Lyanna Stark. Oh my god! Oh my Lyanna god! Stark. Gendry. And Gendry is in Holy love with shit. Arya, right? So much like Arya nice left, connection. right? Much like Lyanna left Robert, now Arya has essentially left Gendry, who's confessed to loving her. It's it makes perfect sense. Like father, like son, they both like have these strong romantic feelings for these two women who look so much alike. 
they have a type. <laughs> yeah. Robert Baratheon loving Lyanna and like all this chaos that's resulted from it. It's very similar to Arya and Gendry. Hopefully nothing horrible happens as a result of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Varys is like, how many others know of the truth of John, basically? And Tyrion's like, including us eight. So we have Danny, John, Sam, Bran, Arya, Sansa, Varys, and Tyrion at this point. Eight. And Varys is like, well, then it's not a secret anymore. It's information. If a handful of people know <laughs> now, hundreds will know soon. Then what happens? And I was like, oh my God, this is so intense. Just like Danny had said to John, like, it doesn't matter how many times you kneel. What happens when they force you to press your claim, force you to come take what's mine? You know, I'm like, oh my it's God. It's true. She's right with that for yeah. sure. So Tyr Various is basically saying like, everyone's going to know soon. Like Syrians, like she'll lose the, lose the North. Sansa will make sure she loses the veil. And what's worse John has the better claim. And Varys says it here too. He, like, even though Tyrion says he doesn't want the throne, he's like, I'm not sure that it matters what he wants. The fact is, people are drawn to him. Wildlings, Northmen, he's a war hero. And mirroring Bran at the end of last season, he loved her. And she <laughs> loved him. <laughs> he yes. loves our queen, and she loves him. If we marry them, they could rule together. And Varys brings up the whole incest thing. Like, yeah, it's normal for Targaryens, but he broke, he lived, he grew up in Winterfell, right? Like, is marrying your aunt common up there? And, and it seems to not be. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I took that as Varys saying that's a Targaryen thing. That's not yeah. necessarily like a Westerosi thing. Although Lysa Aaron wanted to marry Sansa to her cousin, Sweet yeah, Robin. Yeah, but did you right? see, did you see Sansa's face? When right, she... but we talked about that. We don't know if it's because of the incest or because it's. Robin. I think it was both. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So <laughs> probably more the fact that it was Robin, but still, it's her cousin. Like, yeah, and so Tyrion or Varys mentions that you know Danny. You think she wants to share the throne? Like it's it's not happening. You know, she doesn't like having her authority questioned. Tyrion's still trying to rationalize it. Every time someone questions her, he's trying to rationalize it. This episode, I think maybe Tyrion might even turn on her eventually. Um, and she's like, yeah, she doesn't like having her authority questioned, but that's, you know, every monarch is like that. Right. And this is we've, the first that various straight up says it. Like you said, you feel like Danny may be slipping a little bit. He says, I worry about her state of mind. And Tyrion's like, that's our job. We're advisor, her advisors. <laughs> um, and then he's just like, oh, well, we still have to take King's Landing. Maybe Cersei will win and kill us all. And that would solve all of our problems. I thought that was a hilarious line. So yeah. after their whole next, it continues after like their whole war meeting with, with, with um, Danny and they're trying to talk her down from just destroying King's Landing. And she's like, you know, saying, well, oh, at least when let's they're sitting make it. in Dragonstone, yeah. at, like in front of the throne there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's okay. it's after the scene where she says we should at least make it look like I tried to make every, you know, take every step to prevent it. Um, and so Varys is basically off Team Danny at this point. He's like, I've served tyrants most of my life. They all talk about destiny. And Tyrion has a pretty good point. She is a girl who walked into a fire with three stones and walked out unburnt with three dragons you know how could she not believe in destiny but then again that could be a problem as Varys points out like people who believe in prophecies and destiny and like are convinced of something like 
it's they're dogmatic and it's not a good like mindset it's a difference between ideology and philosophy where like you're stuck in your ideology whereas a philosopher is their their mindset is fluid open to new information sure so Varys is like you know and then there's the whole Jon Snow thing like but the problem of Jon Snow but Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's a solution. You know it both of them. It could be a solution. Yeah. Who do tell me? Who do you think would make a better ruler? Very tellingly, Tyrion does not answer directly. He just says he doesn't want the throne. Um, and Varys is like, yeah, have you considered that the best ruler might be someone who doesn't want to rule? And I was like, oh, yeah, kind of like George Washington. <laughs> like he, <didn't, laughs> yeah. he even said, don't call me king. Like they came up with this whole list of like crazy titles for him. John Adams did. And he was like, no, just, just call me Mr. President. <laughs> yeah. I've, I totally forgot about that. That's cause they did want to call him King at the beginning. Yep. And like, yeah. King plus like titles, 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 you know, titles, titles, titles. So they're talking about Tyrion's like, you're talking about treason, you know, like he's like, come on, you've thought about it. He's like, yeah, but, yeah, but thoughts, aren't. thoughts aren't treason, yeah. Varys. <laughs> and Varys is like, John is temperate, measured. He's a man, which makes him more appealing to the lords of Westeros whose support they're going to need because women are just, you know, like not. No, but there are there's never been like a, a, a female ruler in Westeros before besides Cersei. So um, Tyrion brings up that. Cocks aren't a true qualification, as I'm sure you'd agree, <laughs> considering Varys doesn't have It's all have about cocks in the end. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and Varys is wrong here. He says, but he's the heir to the Iron Throne. Yes, because he's a man. Cocks are important, I'm afraid, but he, that's not right. It's not, he's not the heir because he's a man. He's the heir because he, he's a direct descendant of Rhaegar. Even if he was a female, exactly. he would come in line before Danny. So I, Danny. This was like a, 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 a dial, like a... A episode writing error i felt like on the on the um i, I felt that way too because i thought to myself i said well even if it was a girl he if, even if john was a girl he would still be ahead of danny in the succession because he's Rhaegar's child exactly and so uh <laughs> Tyrion says what about my earlier proposal that they could rule together as king and queen and Varys makes a good point. She's too strong for him. She'd bend him to her will as she already has. And that is so true. Like, he bent the knee to her. He's kind of wrapped around her finger. He did decide to tell Sansa and Arya the truth. So he has sort of stepped back from that And he also kind of went against everybody when he declared that he had bent the knee to Danny in front of Cersei that one time. So Right, that's you know, true. He can be stubborn when he wants to be. Yeah, if it's a matter of honor. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and he felt so, like Sansa and Arya deserved the truth. Like he owed it to them, he said. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I see here where he, you know, Tyrion goes, well, he could temper her worst impulses. And Varys kind of throws shade at him and says, like, oh, like you have. I, I feel that that's a little displaced because Tyrion is her hand. And she while she loves Tyrion as, you know. A, a person on her council she is in love with john and when you are in love with somebody and they are coming to you and telling you to do something or not to do something it holds more weight than say like your friend right like you she said to I mean? sansa like i my whole goal my entire life has been the iron throne until i met john now i'm at his side fighting his war in his territory you know what i mean so yeah, it's so true. I don't necessarily agree with Varys's thought process there. I, I do agree that she's 
maybe a stronger soul than John is, but John can be stubborn. And I think that she would listen to John even more so than she already listens to Tyrion. Probably. Um, it's funny though, know, uh, Varys is like, you know, as you have tempered her worst impulses, you're drinking quite a lot, like pointing out, <laughs> AKA, I can tell you, I can tell you're feeling conflicted about this. Yeah. <laughs> Calls yeah. him on it, you know, like, which tells me that Tyrion isn't being 100% honest. Like, he's not 100% convicted that Danny's the best option. Um, a Targaryen father and a Stark mother, very says, John may fire. be the only one alive who can actually keep the North in the Seven Kingdoms. <sighs> and Tyrion's like basically saying, like, you, like, how many kings have you served? You know, like, where's your loyalty really lie? And he's, he's like, you know where my loyalty stands, you know? I serve the realm. I will never betray the realm. He's like, I'm- what the fuck is the realm? I love Tyrion kind of calls him out on this, too. Like, explain to me what you call the realm. A vast continent home to millions of people, most of whom don't care who sits on the Iron Throne. But I liked Varys's response. He's like, yeah, oh, me too. millions of people, millions of people, many of whom will die if the wrong person sits on the Iron Throne. We don't know their names, but they're just as real as us. They deserve to live. They deserve food for their children. I will act in their interest, no matter the personal cost. And I was at that point, I was like, oh, shit, because he emphasized the word act. As if he means, like, I will intervene. I'm going to do something. Physically. And this is coming right. This is coming right off him telling Danny to her face as she asked him to do. Yep. Like, if I'm doing something wrong, that's not in the best interest of the people. You come and tell me first before you go behind my back. Right. And I was proud of he, him that he did it. Yeah, me too. He told her straight to her face, you're wrong for doing this. And I feel like she kind of brushed him off. So this as much as I hate Varys for it, it kind of gives him the opening to say, well, fuck you then. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do what I have to do. Then he gave her the opportunity. He did what he said he was going to do. And, and she decided not to listen for yep. all we know right now. I mean, she may she may listen. Let's give her a minute to decide. But he's already planning on the fact that she's dismissing his suggestion yep so he emphasizes that he will act if he needs to no matter the cost and Tyrion, very telling like this is a crazy moment he says so what happens to her like what happens to her and like in other words like if you back john like what does that mean for daenerys and he just kind of looks at her looks at him like nothing good you know what happens like in a like like holy shit is Varys talking about killing danny I think so. Yeah. And Tyrion's like, so. please don't, you know? And he's like, listen, I've been as honest as I can, but each of us has a choice to make. I pray we choose wisely. And I was like, oh my God. I feel like so he's intense. including Danny in that too. Cause he said, each of us yeah. has a choice to make. Yep. I pray that we, That's a good and point. I felt that it was a larger than just between him and Tyrion. Cause he could say, I pray that you and I, Right, like right. make the right decision, but I felt like he's still he's still giving her some time to decide. But in the meantime, he's not going to sit around and wait for her to to decide. He's going to have a plan in place. So if she decides how he feels the wrong way, he can stop it before it starts, or in time to save as many people as possible. Yep, definitely. So. That pretty much wraps up everything I have for my number three. Anything else you want to add to that 
scene or any of those little scenes? No, I, I think it's a great, great number three. All right. So let's move on to your numero dos, Lady Rachel. My number two is actually Ghost. Tyrion oh. and <laughs> no. <laughs> that well, Ghost is always in my top, but Ghost in this episode was just too sad for me. Um my number two is actually what we just talked about, uh Tyrion and and Varys in the throne room of, at Dragonstone. Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah. So what's your number one? My number two first. Oh, number two. Sorry. 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 It's all right. My number two is Ghost. I, I asked okay. because I thought maybe we still had the same number two. Nope. I think <laughs> we're <stupid>. diverting. <laughs> so, but your number two is the end of my number three. So it's like pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> so um, mine is number, my number two is Ghost Disrespected, which just pissed mm. me off. And these, you know, our top numbers, they don't always have to be something that we like. And uh, this is definitely something that I did not like. So John and Tormund are talking as John prepares to leave. And Tormund's like, you're not going to ride the dragon south. He's like, just a horse. Rhaegal needs to heal. He doesn't need me weighing him down. And I was like, oh, fuck. Watching it the second time, this is the, the nail in Rhaegal's coffin. Yep. John had plot armor, at least until episode five, I'd say. And so if John was on Rhaegal, that probably meant Rhaegal would be safe. But the fact that one of our beloved heroes has chosen not to accompany this dragon is sort of like uh, a hint that <laughs> he's in danger. And so I was like, shit. And Tormund has a great line in response. You weigh as much as two fleas fucking. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's like, what? And he's like, fuck this. And he's like, I'm taking the free folk home. We've had enough of the South. Women here down here don't like me. He's still upset about Brienne. Alluding to Brienne. Yeah. And John's like, this is the North, you know. <laughs> and the free folk are welcome to stay. But it's not home and they need room to wander. And so he's going to take them back through Castle Black when the storms pass, you know, back where they belong. That was interesting to me because that shows me that it's not just the Night King who brings the winter. It's actually a physical season. Oh, yeah. Well, there's been, you know, a number of winters, infinite winters. It's just that they haven't had a winter since Bran was born, basically. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean. And the winters just... are like random lengths. You can never tell That's how true. long they're going to yeah, be. Yeah, it could be like years long. Yep. So they're going to winter at Castle Black. Well, they're going to, he's going to take them back through Castle Black as soon as the winter storms pass. I don't know if they're leaving now to go there or if they're going to wait till the storms pass to go to Castle Black. It wasn't entirely clear to me, but it doesn't, sure. it doesn't really matter. Um, so he says, back where we belong. And John like kind of looks over at Ghost. It's where he belongs, too. Die Wolf has no place in the South. Will you take him with you? He'd be happier up there. And I was like, so fucked Ugh. up, John. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, Why don't you just leave him at Winterfell? Why don't you just keep him by your side at every fucking moment? I would never go anywhere without my dire wolf. I would always have it by my side to protect me and to keep me company. I feel and because like because it's very unique. Like you have this special thing, this crazy bond with a creature that nobody else on the planet has at this point. He's he's the last, you know, aside from Nymeria, who's <laughs> Nymeria, who's out there. Nobody else has a dire wolf friend, and you're just casting that aside as if it's like worthless, you know? And I know. I, 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 I try to think from John's perspective, where is he coming from for doing such a horrible thing to a pet like that? And I really have a hard time 
understanding why he would give them to Tormund of all people. Maybe like, well, because I mean, Tormund's rough and tumble, and Ghost is rough and tumble, and is of the North. Like, so I mean, it makes sense. Like, if you got to give them to somebody, like, I just feel like he should stay if he's gonna not. So if John makes the decision, like, I don't want my dire wolf to go south because I'm afraid for his safety. Okay, that's respectful, right? But he in didn't a, say in a that. way. No, he didn't. But leave him at Winterfell with Sansa. Like have her right. have him protect his family. Right. Let them keep one of the dire wolves. You know, like, if anything. I don't get why why he should go north of the wall with with the wildlings and Tormund so when up. he could stay at Winterfell and protect his family home right. and protect his well, his cousin. I mean, but still I, that's the I think that's where I lost him. But yeah, and I mean Ghost has been a, a core part of John's identity. I mean, they called Rob Stark the young wolf. They called Jon Snow the white the wolf. The white wolf. When people did fan art for the past, you know, 10 years about, about Jon Snow being, like, ending up on the Iron Throne, every fucking one of those pictures has Ghost sitting next to him. It's just like a... It's just not right, this whole thing, you know? I wonder how Travis feels about oh, this. Yeah, we're going to have to find out. I'm sure he's livid. Livid. Yeah, I mean, I said to Dave, I was like, I, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of, of ghosts... It really just, turned me off from wanting to watch the rest of the episode. I mean, I did, and I wanted to watch <laughs> the rest of the episode, but, like, there was half a moment there where I was just like, that's such bullshit. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, speaking of ghosts, just in general, he's fucking wounded. He's and a mess. missing an ear. <laughs> I know. He's got, like, blood all over him and shit, and even though he's wounded and whimpering, John still just nods at him and walks away. Which is I hated up. that. I hated yeah. that. I hated it. Like, and at least say goodbye to him. Yeah. Give him a fucking <sighs> hug. You know, something. I don't um, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really mad. So really sad. mad about it. That's probably the thing that I dislike most about this entire series, honestly. Me too. It, I like this, the Sand Snakes better than this. I like this episode because of the propulsion of the story, but I might have to go out on a limb and say this the second, at least the second half of this episode is my least favorite in the series. Damn. Interesting. I, I just, I did not like the way he treated Ghost. And I think it was just because I was gullible and blindsided by everything else that happened. I was really, really shocked. And I wasn't really expecting it after what we just came off of from a, like a reset button. I, but then again, like in hindsight, we only have two episodes left now. Right. Like I was my my nature of watching regular TV shows has kind of conditioned me to think, OK, like we just had a battle. We're going to have like a reset episode and and then we'll get picked back up into it. And it was like we had half like a quarter of a reset episode. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> this is the final season. We're yeah, balls exactly. Out. Balls so out. I, I, I want to say that with a grain of salt, that it was my least favorite in the series. I think I feel that way because I was so gullible. Right. But the, the episode itself was amazing. There's, so, you know, there's, you, I'm disappointed with narratively the way that they chose to handle ghost and what they chose too. to do with this. And as much as I disliked, the pain of Rhaegal and Missandei, like losing them. I thought narratively that was all very like 
appropriate. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, like I liked it. You know, as much as I didn't like it, I was like, they're hurting us. This is what I'm expecting, you know, but yeah. I did not like what they did with I like I'm criticizing Game of Thrones about Ghost. I feel like it hurt me more watching Ghost than Rhaegal falling from the sky. It was worse seeing Ghost be abandoned yeah. than it was seeing Rhaegal dying. Yeah. Yeah, I and I hate to say that because I don't like seeing any of the dragons die because right. they're such rare, amazing creatures, as as is a dire wolf. I don't like when people abandon their pets. It yeah. bothers me to the core of my soul. Definitely. So John's like, he'll be happier up there in the north with you. And Tormund's like, so would you. John like kind of smiles. I wish I was going with you. And uh, basically, this is farewell then, he says. And Tormund says, you never know. You've got the north in you. The real north. Anything else you want to add about that? Or should we move on to your number one? Um, we can go to my number one. All right. What you got? My number one is Danny and John. Ooh. I loved the scene for so many reasons. I love the fact that John is drunk. Uh, just a little. <laughs> just a little as he stumbles off the bed. And um, just their dynamic. You get to see them struggling with each other a little bit here. Was, I just have to bring up, the, the scene starts off as expected with John just brooding in the darkness as usual, right? I think he's spinning. I think he's fucking wasted. <laughs> yeah, probably. Is what I think it is. Because <laughs> uh, he's holding his head. He's like, uh, oh my God, I can't even see straight. Mm -hmm. I just need to go to bed. <laughs> I liked what he said. Um, yeah, she's like, are you drunk? No. And then he stumbles. And, and he laughs. He's like, only a little. But he, I liked what he said about Sir Jorah. He didn't know him well, but I did know this. If he could have chosen a way to die, it would have been mm -hmm. protecting you. That was nice sentiment, I thought. Yeah, and Danny, her reply is amazing. Well, he loved me, and I couldn't love him back. Not the way he wanted. Not the way I love you. And she is that pulls, all right? pulls in close to her. And I love that she asks that permission, because I think that Danny has grown up with the Targaryen stories that it's not so uncommon for her in her family's history to hear that oh the this guy married thing. his sister and yeah. this guy married his she you was know, she was supposed to marry Viserys for a long time before being sold to Drogo that's true that's true so I think she's asking the permission like is that all right that I love you even though we're still related right? like because I know that this is maybe kind of my family heritage but it's certainly not yours yeah and he doesn't seem too upset about it he moves in for the kiss even like pushes her forward like in like intense about kissing her and starts trying to like undress her but then he pulls away oh i thought that she was trying to stop him and he was like no i thought fuck? she was trying to undo his belt mm. and then as she's undoing his belt he kind of like realizes like he kind of snaps out of his drunkenness and he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to watch this it again closely aunt. to see <laughs> I wish you'd never told me. If I didn't know, I'd be happy right now. So <laughs> he, he pulls away and she's like, I wish you never told me. Like, I wish 
that I just didn't know I'd be happy right now. Like I tried for a while tonight and then I saw all of them gathered around you and I saw the way that they looked at you. I know that look. Oh my God. They looked at me that way over in Essos, like Mm -hmm. down in Marine. They've never looked at me that way here. So I feel like there's a little bit of envy growing inside of Danny. Right. Totally. He's like, I told you I don't want it. She's like, it doesn't matter what you want. Just like Varys said. <laughs> yeah, it's you have a claim to the throne and it'll this this will grow. It'll eat you alive. And, and she, she's like, you don't you didn't want to be king in the north. What happens when they demand you press your claim and take what is mine? And I was like, wait a second. Are you even listening to yourself talk here? Press your claim. You're admitting he has the better claim. And then you still are saying, take what is mine. Those two thoughts are incompatible with one another. Either he has the the better claim or the throne is yours. Make up your mind. She needs to reconcile with reality and live up, you know, like face up to the truth. I totally have that in my nose. I say that she's delusional here. Yeah. It's a delusion that she's... She's trying to hold on to the the fact that it was hers until this revelation. And she's basically, uh, she's asking him to keep it a secret. Uh, it's so fucked up. It's, and it's fucked like, God almighty, up, like to ask someone that, but it's the most vulnerable at the same time that we've ever seen Danny. By far. For, for me. By like, far. She's begging him like i want this so bad like right can you just lie about who you are so i can sit on a freaking sword <laughs> chair he's like he's like i'll refuse you're my queen you know i, I don't know what else i can say and she, this is when she like kind of loses her shit she's like you can say nothing to anyone ever never tell them who you really are swear your brother and samuel tali to secrecy and tell no one else or it will take on a life of its own and you won't be able to control it or what it does to people. No matter how many times you bend the knee, no matter what you swear. She's like freaking out and John is like, he reacts, he stands up and like st- like stumbles backwards, like shocked by this. And I'm thinking, how could she ask this of him? It's so cruel. He's lived his life as a bastard with the shame of of being a bastard and and now he has a last name and he has an identity and you want to take it away from him for your own selfish reasons? Fuck that. Like recon- reconcile with reality. You need to to deal with yourself. That's what you need to do. You don't need to she's telling him to not be who he is so they can be together. The most important Ugh. part about a partnership and like a relationship is that you yeah, accept each other you for who love they the person are. for who they are. Yeah, and she's like bailing on that core concept of a relationship it's unacceptable it's unacceptable i know i i this is where i feel that she's starting to unravel a little bit mm-hmm. and i think varus varus sees it because this is exactly what varus is talking about her unraveling in regards to well, this he, he watches her in the, at the scene at the banquet exactly. when john has all those people around him and he you sees know, her smile over fade. Tyrion and looking over at John, mm-hmm. and she's realizing how alone she is. And Sansa gets up and walks away, and she kind of gets lost in her thoughts for a minute. And and Varys is focused on Danny. 
He's not focused on anything else going on in that room. He is focused on her. Yep. He's the only one that notices that she gets up to leave. Exactly. The only and one. We'll, and we'll talk more, more about that later. I thought that was kind of significant, paralleling sure. or mirroring the way she's felt her whole life, isolated, alone, cast out in Essos. And then here she mm-hmm. is in this banquet after a massive victory, alone, with nobody around her, even her hand is with another group of people. People are talking about John being a king and riding dragons and nobody's recognizing her. Although Tormund did give a toast to her. To the dragon queen, you know? Yeah, but it was a toast. And then he had like this big, long, elaborate story about about John. John, But he does know John better. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. Like he knows the story with John and he was, I saw him riding that thing. You know, we'll talk more about that later. That was a great moment. But it's like, (laughs) Like you said, she's starting to lose it here, right? Yeah. And, you know, she just like, I just want it to be the way it was. Yeah, and I, yeah. I understand where she's coming from. Yeah. You know, like, I of understand, course. like, can we just like forget this ever happened? Can we just go back to me being on the Iron Throne and you being the love of my life? Like, and he, I get, what? I get that. And he's willing to do it. He's like, I don't want the throne. Like, it's cool. Just like, just let me be me. And I'm not going to do but anything. But I do have you know? to tell my family. Right. I, I owe them tell, the truth. I owe it to them. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, in fairness to Danny, Sansa has not been very nice to her. Right. She's like, she will go- want me gone the moment you tell her. And she wants you on the Iron Throne. She wants nothing to do with me. Yeah. And I feel this is where John is in a little bit of denial. Denial. Yep. She won't. Like, yeah, she's she not will. the girl you grew up with, dude. She's a fucking bitch right now. <laughs> she was a bitch when John grew up with her, though. <laughs> That's true. She's just a more smart bitch. She's resting. <laughs> Sorry, bitch. all the Sansa fans <laughs> out there. I I don't you know, don't mean to talk too bad about Sansa. I know, I know, I love Sansa. The word may be a little harsh. I'm having a really hard time with Sansa this season. Sure, and so I love her, but I'm having a hard time right, with her. Yeah, she was growing on me for a while there too. Um, but she's like, yeah, like not after what she's seen, not after what they've done to her. And John uh, says, I owe them the truth. And this is like one of the most powerfully delivered lines of the series. I think even just thinking about it right now, I'm like almost choked up with the way that Danny says it. I owe them the truth, even if the truth destroys us. It won't. It will. Mm, Even if the truth destroys us, like the way her voice cracks when she delivers that line is just so powerful. Mm. It was like really hit me when she said it. Just got shivers. Yeah. And he's like, it won't. But it will. She says, and oh my God, this is, remember you said she's begging. She says, I've never begged for anything before, but I'm begging you. Don't do this. Please. Please. You know? And Ugh. I thought this was very significant because the word beg has connotations for Danny. When she was growing up, she, they had the stigma of Viserys. The queen was, yeah, the Viserys was known as the beggar king. And she, you know, she, like she says, she's never begged for anything. But here she is begging to keep her crown, a beggar mm. queen in this moment. And like... Like she hates Viserys, but she's doing what what Viserys did, kind of um, in this moment because she's so desperate. And just the fact that she would stoop to Viserys's levels shows you how desperate she is. You know what I mean? It's like, God damn, dude. Yeah, she and and John he takes his hands and puts them on her face, and you are my queen. 
Nothing will change that. And they are my family, which is true. Mm -hmm. Not siblings, but they are still (laughs) his family. We can live together. We can live together. She's like, yeah, we can. I've just told you how. Yeah. And she's just like, boom, like all emotion gone in that moment. She's right. She's right. Because what does Sansa do? Like 10 seconds after John tells her. Yep. She goes and tells Tyrion. So. Yep. She's right. Sansa's also right that she should have waited and not attacked immediately. Lost Rhaegal because of it. You know, like everybody's right about certain things in this episode and wrong about certain things. You know, lots of gray. Nothing's nothing's perfectly um, black or white. Shades of gray. Yeah. Yeah. Not 50, maybe like 40. No, no, I'm thinking like maybe like. Hundreds. (laughs) Yeah, so many shades of gray. Except for the Night King. He's just pure uh, one or the other, pure evil. (laughs) No, no gray with him. Um, but yeah, like she's like, she's, he's like, we can live together. And she's like, we can, I just told you how. And I'm like, dude, by not letting you be you like, that's fucked up, Danny. We can be together, but you can't be who you are. You gotta be somebody else. Funny because she's like the breaker of chains and she's like this, like kind of image of freedom. And then she's asking the one that she loves the most to like. She's putting him in, basically just be oppressed and yeah, not exactly. Be She's who putting he him is. in like mental bondage, I- identity yeah. bondage, where he can't be who he. Is. It's so fucked up. It is pretty fucked up. Well, that's all I had for my number one. Alrighty. What is your number one? My number one is kind of long. Okay. Um, so we can collaborate because it's going to cover a good portion of the episode. Okay. But it is the deaths of Rhaegal and Missandei. The two shocking deaths of this episode um, are my number one. Oh, my God. They're brutal and shocking. So it starts with um, an overhead shot of a Targaryen ship, and Rhaegal flies over the top of it. And then it cuts to Danny and Drogon, and the music is happy as Rhaegal is looking healthier and everything like that. And Danny's smiling like, ah, he's, he's getting stronger, you know? And then the music cuts out all of a sudden as Bolt, nails him right in the chest and like i said his head starts to wobble and it starts to turn like roll and another one to the wing third one to the neck and he goes and blood comes shooting out of his mouth and i'm like oh my god God, it's so painful to watch it was like so shocking that i like i was just like too dumbfounded even to like to react you know what i mean i was just like what is happening and it hurts my mind he starts he goes completely limp before he even hits the water i feel like he's dead before he even hits the water totally dead before he hits the water and he just boom like nails the water how did they accomplish that effect of him hitting the water don't know they had to drop something really heavy into water yeah like damn i was really impressed by the way that that turned out really amazing So we get a close-up of a Kraken crossbow. And I was like, oh my god, a Kraken ballista. So last season, the ballista that Kyburn created had two arms for tension that, you know, pull back and boom, launch the bow. This one had four. This one has six. It It has six? Oh my god, I didn't see the other two. Yeah, it has the two regular ones and then the four that you noticed, which are X-shaped. Oh my god. Additionally. And Shit. if you look really closely at them, this is a detail which I thought was really fucking cool. They added these little suction cups looking things on the four 
for oh, like an octopus or like a squid, like a kraken, like a kraken, yeah. a oh cephalopod God, style suction cups on those things. So it looks like the tentacles of a kraken, which that's fits so perfectly badass. because it's Greyjoy stuff. You know, I was like, dude, the attention to detail at this was just amazing. Really great design. And it's way, way bigger than the scorpion that Kyburn had Huge. At the, or uh, Braun had at the loot train. Yeah, it's much bigger, which makes it more powerful like anyway but then the the addition of the four extra arms just giving it even more tension and more strength just next yeah. level and um the other thing is that these bolts i watched the the game revealed on this episode when the bolts launch they have like these barbs that stick outwards four of them and then it spins and rotates through the air the boss is a nice design bit of a more barbaric style when you see it first it'll be in its closed mode and when you see the second time once it fires the projectile it leaves the limb it opens up and it'll rotate so it will rip open anything that it hits and like if you get hit by this thing it's like getting hit with a cannonball basically like it oh, just shit. like shreds whatever it, it hits just shreds your insides oh like if if it hit a human like it would split you into like a, a, a million like, pieces yeah like you would not be a human anymore <laughs> you know what i mean like, yeah like it shredded those boats like nobody's business right yeah so, that was intense yeah so i'm like what the fuck like this is so horrible as Rhaegal is dead and sinks into the water and danny freaks out just like john did at the battle of the bastards you know rickon gets hit with the arrow and he just makes a beeline straight for ramsey J danny does the same thing here she screams and dives in a rage with drogon at Euron's ships and they're all aiming at her and I'm like no 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 <laughs> don't do this like, it's so out. stupid like, go around the back go around the back yeah. they're not at the back and Euron just like just like Braun at the loot train is like lining up the shot and everything Woo! launches they all fire in unison all these ships and there's just these giant bolts just like launching past and she like turns the last second with Drogon and narrowly avoids losing Drogon as well and herself. Mm. And I'm just thinking like, you know, I already went through the whole thing. Like Drogon got hit. Then Viserion got hit. Like she should have known better now because she is a dumbass. Two of her children are dead because she did nothing to protect them. Like at least John sent ghosts somewhere. Will he be safe? True. Even if he was a dick about it. Right. But Danny, <laughs> Danny did nothing. Like she had every opportunity to, to, have armor I know they had like all these blacksmiths in winterfell like forging really special weapons like with dragon glass they could have like made some right she knew for them yeah she knew that the night king used a single spear to take out viserion yet they didn't give the dragons any armor when they knew they were going to face the night king and his minions who would all it have these spikes really you know, these stupid really like, stupid even from like like from all of her advisors, like Tyrion, John, I mean everybody. Right, it's so stupid. So when these bolts open up, like the the spikes that I was talking about at the end, they're like a foot wide, basically, or more. So it's like super Shit. insane. And now they the, all the the scorpions go and target the the fleet, and they start unloading on the fleet. Oh and, man! And this boats these boats are just being. Shredded, like Danny. total. Shredded apart. I thought Tyrion 
was a goner. A goner, yeah. And Grey Worms, you know, the scene had started out with him and Missandei like holding hands. Oh, I knew hands something was going to happen with one of the two of them. I know. For we sure. Had, they totally baited us. We all thought that te- that Grey Worm was going to die, and then they have Missandei get captured from the skiff. I guess, like, oh my god, yeah. like, no, no, nobody saw that coming. You know what I mean? Nobody. 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 <laughs> yeah, and and so the ship is like we get this shot of Tyrion running around the ship and it's just being broken to pieces all around he's him. He's wigging. <laughs> and he's like, I just need to get out of here. And he du- he jumps off into the water and then a mast seems to fall right on his head. I know. I was like, like oh, oh no. man. So then it cuts to the shore as people are swimming out of the water, like crawling out of the water onto the, sh- the shore of Dragonstone. Yeah. <laughs> Coughing up a lung. And Tyrion is on his stomach like, ugh. And then Grey Worm comes out and he just begins desperately calling for Missandei and screaming and goes back into the water to try to find her. And then we find out that she is in King's Landing, which we'll get to in a little bit. But next is the big, we'll talk about the reveal of that later, but next we get the big showdown where we have a tiny little group of Unsullied. There's like 50 guys out there. I think and, that's all she had left. Yeah, and Danny's standing there, and Drogon's lurking off in the background. Because the rest of them are with background. John, right? Yeah. Marching on the King's Road. And so I'm sitting here. This is a perfect opportunity for Cersei to wipe out Danny and everybody. That like all of her right. team right here, because Drogon is well within firing range here. Danny, I, know. I, and, I said to Dave, I'm like, why is Drogon there? Right, he's like, well within range. Why is he there? <laughs> Same with Danny. Everybody there is well within range of those ballistas. All they had to do was just start shooting. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't Cersei just shoot them all? Because she's crazy. I have no idea. I thought the same thing, though, because then we probably wouldn't have a show. But... Yeah, exactly. But, like, I mean, if you're going to have a show, don't make Danny come that close. It doesn't make any sense. I know. Because she would have been taken out, you know? So another little bit of a plot hole there as to why they were that close. Because um, she could have easily wiped out Danny and the last dragon there if she had just acted. All she had to do was just give the signal. Um, so the gate rattles and opens up and Kyburn comes out. Tyrion goes to meet him and they have that whole my lord thing like with Sansa earlier. But Tyrion is the one that doesn't respond this time. Um, and then he says, Queen Daenerys demands Cersei's unconditional surrender and the immediate release of Missandei of Nath. And Kyburn responds with the exact opposite. Queen Cersei demands Daenerys' unconditional surrender. If she refuses, Missandei of Nath will die here and now. <laughs> and Ky- uh, Tyrion's like, come on, you're rational. And he's like, eh, I do flatter myself so. <laughs> Just like... Kyburn's weird. Yeah, he's cool. And uh, so they're talking like, this is maybe our last chance to avoid carnage. Help me. You know, I don't want to hear the sounds of children burning. I, I don't want to hear it. You know? No, <laughs> you know? it's not a pleasant sound. Yeah. Help me save the city. And he's like, I'm only a mouthpiece for our queen. And he's, Tyrion's like, your queen. And he's like, eh, Cersei's the queen of the seven kingdoms, dude. You're one of her subjects. So they're, you know, arguing. And it becomes apparent that Nothing's going to happen. You know, he's like, we understand nothing of the sort after Tyrion says that her reign is over and that they understand this. And he's like, your queen's last dragon is vulnerable. Your battle, your armies are battle weary and depleted, whereas we've been reinforced with the Golden Company and we're stronger than ever. And he's like, I'm, this, I'm done with this conversation. He goes to walk up to Cersei. I thought he was going to walk right through the gate. I was like, dude, oh, what really? are you doing? I wasn't sure what he was doing. And I thought 
if he survived the boat, this is where he was going to meet his end. Right. Again, why didn't she just shoot him here and kill Masande? Then Danny would be without a hand and best friend. And she'd be acting crazy and more vulnerable to and shoot a strategic Drogon attack. And shoot everybody, like you right. said. Just like, shoot them all. Just, They're right there. I think because she's so cocky right now. <sighs> that's the only thing I can really think of is she is obsessed with the game and not necessarily like winning. You know what I mean? Like she likes the drama of it and not like, what would she do if there wasn't anybody coming after her throne? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Like seriously, it's Cersei we're talking about. It's not Danny who wants to like have a peaceful reign. It's Cersei. Right. She likes the the chaos. She likes the battles and stuff. So as Tyrion approaches, the captain of the guard is getting everybody with their bows ready and they're knocked and drawn and everything. And Cersei has her hand up and just decides not to do it, apparently, and not to fire. So Tyrion goes with Again, she decides not to kill Tyrion. Yeah. And so Tyrion has like this big monologue about how like, obviously she doesn't care about her people. They don't care about her. They all hate each other. But he says to her, but you're not a monster. And I'm like, yeah, she is, Tyrion. Yes, she is. You know that. What are you talking about? Yeah, even she knows that. She was talking about Marcella, right? She was good. From her first breath, she was so sweet. I don't know where she came from. She was nothing like me. No meanness, no jealousy, just good. I know. I thought if I could make something so good, so pure, maybe I'm not a monster. Not a monster like Mm -hmm. me, she's implying, you know? Yeah. So even she knows she's a monster. And so Tyrion's bringing up, like, the kid and everything. He's like, if not for yourself, like, then for your child. Do you think Euron Greyjoy heard Tyrion that's talking a, yeah, about Yeah, that's what I was kid. wondering. Euron's right there. If he, if, and he's not, like, screaming either, so they can clearly hear each other with, like, normal, like... Voices, yeah. Voice tone. I thought that was a problem, actually. That took me out of the moment. Tyrion was not speaking loud enough for her to hear. On the game revealed, they revealed that that platform was, like, 47 feet tall. And so mm. at that volume with wind, as you can hear, whipping the flags There's around. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way that she could have heard. Exactly. I wonder why they chose to do it that way. Not sure. So she's, he makes this appeal to her and she kind of looks a little bit conflicted. But then she's like, as she explained it on the game revealed, she, it, just because it's Tyrion, she can't give in just because it's Tyrion. And then she would be losing to her little twisted little imp brother. You know what I mean? So it's just that like bit of ego. I haven't watched the game revealed on this one yet. I oh, didn't even like, watch get, inside like the episode. It. It's good. Yeah, I haven't watched that, but I watched Game Revealed. But um, so she goes over to Masande and grabs her by the arm. If you have any last words, now is the time. And Masande sort of pauses for a second, and I was surprised by her last word. I feel like it, it was, was fitting, pretty though. poetic yeah. because. When Danny freed her and got the unsullied was kind of the first time that Danny ever used the word Dracaris to mm-hmm. burn that dude. Yep. And Masande was right there. So I think Dracaris has a deeper meaning to Masande from right. a freedom perspective. And it's also like a signal to Danny. She says it loud enough so that Danny and and Grey Worm can hear it. And I think she's basically like, like giving her 
Yeah, like, like sending her like don't last lose love. your last resolve. You know what I mean? Like yes, like, follow through. And the way she said it too, she's like Dracarys. Yeah, like take her out. Dragonfire. Yeah, like do it. Like, do it. Fuck yeah. this bitch. I was worried that Drogon was gonna start spitting fire at that moment. <laughs> I thought Drogon might have heard her. Yeah. How crazy that's would that true. have been? <laughs> he just starts like firing out in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blasting everything. Robo so, Drogon. <laughs> yeah. So Cersei takes a step back and gives the mountain the nod and he sort of steps forward unsheathing his sword and just baseball bat style just lops her head off. Oh my god. And And right at that moment. Yeah, the head bounces her head bounces off of the floor and then falls off of like the the drop down to the ground and she just falls straight forward right off. And the second that the sword hits her neck Gray Worm, like, oh, like, can't even oh, look. Oh, he, and, like, looks away, and he starts crying. I'm yeah. Like, so sad. I have uh, written down, Gray Worm can't even. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And Danny is just furious. She's, like, she's, she's unhinged now. Like, if she was oh. kind of, like, losing her center earlier this episode, it's... I don't think she's, she sees red right now. Yeah, it's, she's got this look on her face like, oh, like she's so mad and she sort yeah, of like. like I don't even fucking care anymore. She like, turns around this. and you can see as she turns around, she kind of like stumbles to the side. Like she's so in such shock that like. Yeah, I noticed that too. She kind of takes a step off to the side and then yeah. straightens back out and walks again. Yep, like she's off kilter because of this. Like it's <sighs> rocked her, you could say, you know, and she starts walking away and the camera's trucking backwards, zoomed in on her face and the performance that she gave here was beautiful. Said so much. Same with Grey Worm. Uh, Jacob Anderson, I think his name is, his performance here was incredible. Oh, the way it was he unbelievable. Reacted. We kind of see it from his perspective too. Like, right. It, it it kind of focuses, but I mean, it's, we get Danny too, obviously, but we get more of like the gray worm, Masande. Right. Like, they're like looking at each other angles. and then she looks at Danny and says, Dracarys. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's so rugged. And, and then Tyrion's like standing there and you can see her body and her head like, and there's both like blood like seeping out of it. Oh uh, yeah. I missed that. Oh my God. That was probably the worst the worst part Uh, and you can see like before it happens it does a quick shot of Tyrion's face and you can see his mouth going no like don't do it you know (laughs) but then it happens and everybody is just like oh god this is horrible and so Danny loses a child and her best friend in the same day and she looks a hot mess too she looks a hot like it looks like she's been crying and she's so disheveled I mean like I guess they do have makeup in Westeros because, like, Cersei has the lipstick on. Sansa. She's, like, not wearing, she's not wearing any makeup. Like, she's just, she's been, she's been crying. Girl's oh, yeah. been crying. Her heart is broken. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Fuck. I was not expecting to lose, really, honestly, anybody this, this episode? episode. Damn. Um. Just after what we came off again, I just feel so stupid. I feel really stupid about that. Like, I let my Guard normal down. TV shows, like, I, I just, it's almost like Pavlov's dog type situation where usually after a big scene, like, yeah, you're what we trained had, to expect things. Yeah, I was kind of trained, like, I was so taken aback by this episode. Maybe that's why I felt like it wasn't my favorite. 
because I'm usually kind of on point when it comes to Game of Thrones. Right, right. <laughs> and this one just like fucked me over big time. Sure. So well, that's it for my number one. Just those two shocking deaths. Anything you want to add before we move on to notes? R.I.P. Masande. I loved her as a character. Me too. I Beautiful, loved what she funny, represented. Smart. Yeah, she's strong female character with who is just yeah. every you know she had a lot going for her. She was kind of the visual representation representation of what Danny was about. Right, and if like just, for Westeros, you could say Samwell is like the heart of that crew. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. For and Essos, Masande, yeah. Masande was the heart was, of Danny's yeah, crew. Yeah, I'm sad that she's gone. She was great. Me too. I was not expecting that. Not. I never no, would have guessed this. No. Out if, of if anything, I thought she would. Yeah. Like if anything, I thought maybe she would have been like cornered and like killed with Grey Worm simultaneously by whites or something like that. But being captured by Cersei and beheaded <sighs> by the Mountain, never would have guessed that. No, like completely kind of defenseless yeah yeah all right Sad. so let's move on to notes but first season four of sirenicide featuring me and archmaster stitches gets closer every day so let's take a quick break to check out the series trailer my name is matthew Fennis, and something terrible has happened to me an event that has sent me traveling down a road i was never meant to be on this is my story and the story of countless others this is a story of what lies in the shadows of Morston, Texas. Sirenicide is a serialized horror drama based in the wicked world woven in and around Morston, Texas. The criminal factions and dark government agencies are just the start of the malevolence that roams the streets of this macabre city. The tales in Sirenicide tap into the fear and lore that envelop what most would consider to be fiction. How much more is out there? Is every monster real? Hmm. Most tales are based on some facts. The production plays host to a plethora of popular personalities from other nightmarish podcasts. Oh, it's Lena. Lena Klein. Just a number now. That's it. Four, four, seven. I bet you believe in yellow eyes now, huh, boy? Thanks to the research team here at the Laughlin Institute, we have finally found the answer to beating disease entirely. What have I done? Kate, Kate, help me, please. <laughs> That's not me. His body is accepting death. Evil has reigned unchecked in this city for far too long. The main cast of Sirenicide's creepy, courageous, and curious characters evolve with the overarching story, but they also chronicle some amazing, self-contained, standalone tales. It's vile. Eddie, vile. Reporting live, I'm Margaret Sharp. Back to you, Dave. An operating theater. Well, more of a stage to showcase our talents to our clients. Look at me, please. We'll climb this mountain together. The original music serves the episode's atmosphere in a way that embraces and enhances each scene.
also uncover the dark secrets, evil murders, supernatural experiences, and mysterious doctors awaiting in this modern epic. Binge the show for free right now on your favorite podcast platform or at sirenicide.com. All right, I'm at the top of the episode, yep. the big funeral. Same here. It starts out panning up Jorah's body, the With mass John's funeral. Horrible. <laughs> what was that? Horrible speech. Oh, you you didn't like it? I thought it was great. Um, I think he's so bad at speaking in public. Like I thought it was great for John, but it's I felt like it was out of character for him. <laughs> That's funny. So we get this massive funeral and there's pyres just everywhere. And Danny's devastated over Jorah and Sansa is devastated uh-huh. over Theon. And she never got the chance to say goodbye to him. We learn in Game Revealed. Um, one uh-huh. Nutter, D- David Nutter, I think, went up to her before this. they shot this and like told her that that was a big factor here. That she never got to tell him that he was like a Stark. Mm. And that, and like, that's why she puts that little pin on his. Yeah, uh, she gives him the Stark jacket. pin. And Jamie, I noticed, is by Brienne's side the whole time here, which is sad, also. And Ghost is all fucked up. I didn't even recognize him at first because he was all covered with blood. I, you know, and his little missing ear. Yeah, but glad he's alive. And John gives it the speech that I really liked. Um, I thought it was you know important mentioning things like how they. These men and women set aside their differences to fight together and die together so that others could live and that everyone owes them a debt that can never be repaid um, for as long as men draw breath. And I like the way that he tied it into the Night's Watch. Like it was, Me too. I did like that yeah, part it was for like, sure. It's like they all became the Night's Watch for a moment, you know? They were the shields that guarded the realms of men. And we shall never see their like again. again. So good. Oh, that kind of rhymed. Why don't we, do you want to do his speech as our last words? Yeah. Do you have last words? No. We can just kind of go line by line and just repeat it. Yeah. We can alternate lines. Sounds good to me. Okay. Cool. So we see poor legendary little lady Liana Mormont. Oh, and I thought it was really poetic because... His mom is named Liana. Right. <laughs> and it like the North and the Stark line, and he's having to accept that he's a Targaryen. So I felt like the physical burning of Liana's body was kind of like a visual representation of the struggle that he's kind of been going through the past few episodes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I like that. And we get a crazy shot from above looking down at Jorah on the pyre as the flames are beginning to lick up around him and apparently there's a real flames and Ian Glenn is really lying there and they they just have a piece of glass the heroes lying down we did a process of toughened glass and bulletproof plastic underneath and then uh, the hero would go in and put a torch underneath the actor uh, and then you'd see beneath them you'd see the flames spread there would be flame reacting around the sides of them, but not actually touching them. But because you're seeing the flame through glass, to all intents and purposes, you're seeing flame, which is really extraordinary. 
That's crazy. Yeah, so cool. I was wondering, it's, it was interesting that they showed that exact shot in the game revealed because as I was watching the episode and watching it, I was like, man, how did they do this? I was wondering yeah. how they did yeah, it. They too. told us exactly how they did it. So I was like, awesome. Oh, I have to watch those. I, I've watched a couple of them. Like I watched the long one that was like 40 minutes long. Yeah, for last that's week. The only, that's the only one I've watched so Same far. Same here, except for this one as well. So okay. they light the pyres and it's sad and everything. And it's just super intense scene. And then we move into the Great Hall for the Victory Feast. As yeah. we mentioned, a very well-crafted scene. Uh, I don't know if you noticed. I guarantee you didn't notice this. Both David... Benioff and or D&D were both in this scene as wildlings. What? Really? Yeah, they were two of the wildlings with Tormund when Tormund was, I saw him ride that thing. Who would, who would step on a dragon? A madman oh or God, a king? I have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I you can't tell it's them. It. They're so like heavily made up with big old beards and everything like that. You really can't tell it's them. Oh my God, that's them. hilarious. But they're both there with Tormund, which is great. I love that. And right off the Did bat. Did you notice um, that the way the so we transition into the great hall that the the camera like pans down past like the candle chandelier it was in the first season when they're having the feast because the pilot episode robert arrived mm. and when john's like not supposed to be a part of that whole feast right that same camera angle is how we start that episode nice. or that scene as That's well awesome good catch yeah. Yeah, but except it was a very different feel because the first thing we kind of see is Robert like with his, you know, kitchen wenches and everyone's laughing and drinking. And right. And this scene, it's very somber and very quiet at the start. So, yep. I loved that little juxtaposition there. Definitely. Really good catch. Um, so Kendry's asking about Arya. We see Jamie is sitting across from Brienne. Um, Davos and Tyrion. Talking about Melisandre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Davos thinking about Melisandre. He's obsessing he's about it. <laughs> he wanted to kill her. Yeah, it's the last time I saw her, I told her I'd kill her if I ever saw her again. And Tyrion's like, I'm sure you had your reasons. I did. I do. And so he, Tyrion asks, like, so did you kill her? And he's like, never got the chance. I'm like, lie! You totally had the chance. You had her alone in the catwalk yeah. and you let her yeah. go. You let her go. You uh, you stepped aside and bowed, basically, to let her move past you. Um, and so he mentions she did it to herself or her God did it to her. And I was like thinking about it. I was like the first time, remember in the Red Woman season six, episode one, the first time Melisandre was at the at the wall at Castle Black and she took off her necklace and we saw her naked body and she laid down in bed. I wonder if she thought that she was going to die then. Like, obviously, oh. she was ready to die for sure. But maybe she thought that this was that moment, that she, that maybe. was the moment that she was going to die. But this actually was that moment. You know what I mean? Interesting. I like that take. Yeah. She was kind of defeated at that moment. Yeah. So Davos is like the, the, the Lord of the Light, Lord of Light mystery is like eating at him. He's like, I don't get it. Like the Lord of Life, we play his game. We win his war and we fight and win his war. And then he just fucks off. No signs, no blessings. <laughs> I love that. Then he just fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what he wants? And Tyrion's trying to cheer him up. Uh, but he's like, what, what if I don't want to be happy? And he's like, oh, then you're in the right place because we may have defeated the dead, but we still have us to contend with. And I thought that was a good point. Back to business as usual. Factions between man, Cersei down in King's Landing, etc. 
And so Tyrion goes over and sees Bran in his wheelchair and he's impressed because it's even cooler than like even more like badass than the saddle that he designed for him. Yeah. And so we find out that it's, it, is it Darian? Daron Targaryen? Targaryen, yeah. Daron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that wheelchair. Like somehow Bran got it shipped up to Winterfell. <laughs> oh, oh, I I don't think he, it's not the same one, but it's the same as the one that oh, Daron Targaryen built. Oh, I must have missed. I must have not heard it correctly when I listened to it because I I thought he said it's the same one. Yeah, the same. I was like, oh damn, he, he probably... like searched out wheelchairs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that was the only other wheelchair that like basically ever existed in Westeros. Got it. That know? makes so he was way just looking back through his, like the memory type thing and saw this and was like, oh, I could use that. You know, I could use that. <laughs> Had it commissioned and it's so cool, but it's also so sad that this tech was lost to time and never got mm-hmm. popular because I'm sure there have been other people people whose legs didn't work and stuff like that. Sure. Nobody ever got to use this. So Tyrion's like, this is amazing. Like, you know, our history better than anyone. That'll be so useful when you're Lord of Winterfell or as Lord of Winterfell. And he's like, I'm not though. Like you you told Peter Baelish. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, wait, you're the last surviving trueborn son, but you don't want it. He realizes. And he's like, I don't really want anymore. Mm. And Tyrion's like, woof, like I envy you. And, uh, this made me sad. Yeah, he's like, you shouldn't envy me. Mostly I live in the past. Which makes sense because there's so much more past than there is present. You know, like there's yeah. infinite, like the present infinitely, you know, in the past. So it, he's just, you know, he's just all over the place in time. And the the present is so small relative to the span of everything that it makes sense that most of everything is the past, right? Yeah. So, um... He gets Cute. wheeled off by Wolken. He kind of like looks back, and I think Wolken Wolken takes that as as his signal yeah, to wheel him signal. away. So Tormund um, is trying to get John to chug, and he's not into it, which is funny. Um, there's a funny <laughs> vomiting line. Vomiting is not celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hilarious. And this is when Tormund toasts Danny to the Dragon Queen. And I love this. Danny toasts to Arya. So Mm. epic. To Arya Stark, the hero of Winterfell. And I was like, damn, that's a great title. (gasps) And the crowd goes crazy. And this was interesting because the hound sort of looked like blase about Gendry's legitimization. You know, he kind of like rolled his eyes at it. He didn't even stand up. He was still eating when everyone else stood up. He he was still chowing down on his food. Rolled his eyes. His chickens. But here... (laughs) When they mention the hero of Winterfell, he looks he looks proud and like sort of nods. He laughs. Yeah, yeah. Nods his head like she deserves it. And I think that he sort of feels pride for having helped Arya become the badass that she is now. So it's like. Oh, totally. It's like a part like a victory for him as well, I feel. And um, as Tormund is like toasting and chugging his wine. He's like dumping it into his face and his mouth is like, ah, rah, rah, like <laughs> chewing it as it's just spilling all over him. And this is when Danny John's and John, up. Yeah, Danny and John are smiling at each other, and Sansa sees it and leaves disgusted. And I'm like, oh, "Fuck is your God. problem, Sansa?" And then Pod and Tyrion and Jamie and and um, Brienne are playing Tyrion's drinking game from season two. And you're an only child. Yeah, and slowly, I told you but, I was. <laughs> all of these like uncomfortable facts start being brought up, like the fact that Brienne danced with Renly. That's not something that she wants to talk about. No, you know? and she looked over at Pod, and he's like, "I didn't tell him." Right. <laughs> and then 
Tormund is talking about John riding the dragon and that whole scene that we mentioned. Dave and Dan yeah. sitting there and the crew and the crew. I have to watch that again. Yeah. That's so cool. Watch I behind love that the it scenes. keeps panning back to Danny too when he's yeah. talking about riding the dragon. And you can see she's like looking where looking over warily, like worried about her claim. And when when because John, they've had the discussion. So John knows he's the rightful king, but he doesn't want to, you know, like so when Tormund says, like, I saw him riding that thing, he's like, what does he say? He says, uh, what kind of person climbs on a fucking dragon, a madman or a king? That's who, you know? And Did you notice that the camera panned to Danny when it said a madman and then it turned back to John when Tormund said a oh, king? Oh, damn, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But John, immediately having heard something about himself being referred to as a king, looks over at Danny because and like smiles at her like, yeah, I don't like, want it. I don't, I don't want, want it. it. I know, <laughs> I know I you're thinking you. that they're going to make me king, but I don't want it. I liked Tormund's rant here too. Um, openly talking about John's death and resurrection. Most people get bloody murdered. They stay that way. Not this one. <laughs> well, I didn't have much to say in yeah. that situation. Yeah. <laughs> ah, he comes back and keeps fighting. Here, north of the wall then back here again he keeps fighting he keeps fighting he climbed on a fucking dragon and fought you know he's just spilling his drink everywhere and so when john looks over at danny after they mention him as a king she like turns and like fakes a smile but then as it sinks in and the sad music starts playing as it closes up on her face her smile like slowly fades yeah. into a frown and this is she when kind she kind of like stares off into the distance too like she's not really blinking she's just like in right. in her own head yeah and she's all alone like there's isolated pockets of people congregated everywhere else but it like it like no i was mentioning earlier with her right it must she must feel like she's felt like her whole life being separated alone no one at her side you know and she gets overwhelmed and um gets up to leave and Varys is the only one watching her like you said and saw like the expressions on her face and everything like that and he doesn't not look happy about this he looks very nervous very about concerned. her mind state and so next we have another uncomfortable truth being revealed but this time for Tyrion, you were married before sansa and he looks at jamie like and jamie looks at him like that's ah, true drink and he's like like that's uncomfortable too that whole taisha situation yeah Oof. awkward awkward yeah <laughs> And then Brienne, Brienne's like has like a gaping smile, like sh- like ridiculous smile for Brienne. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, God, like something's not going to, you know, that smile is not going to be there by the end of the episode, you know? Mm, for Brienne. Yeah, really sad for Brienne. Jamie's smiling too. So much smiling for Brienne. And then Tyrion brings up a real awkward one for, for Brienne. You're it was almost a like a realization, like you're a virgin. Yeah, like he realizes it and says it and and she kind of like. like stops at her tracks and pauses for a second and gets up and (laughs) says i have to piss i have to piss a hilarious line for like you know she's lady brand she's very ladylike you know aside from fighting and then she says i have to piss uh, which i thought was just you know funny language to be using and jamie looks at Tyrion like what the fuck dude why'd you say that you know and then Tormund comes up as Bran standing. We did it. We faced those icy fucks. Looked them under their blue eyes, and here we are. Now, now which, which one, one of you, you cowards? cowards shit in my, my pants. pants. Everyone's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Bran's like, "Awkward." Yeah, please pardon me for a moment, and like, kind of shoves past him, and he goes to follow her. Um, and right after the talk of her being a virgin, I think there was the question that you know 
Tormund might try to get a little frisky with her because he's wasted, you know? So Jamie kind of like tries to protect her from Tormund, I think, and stands up and gets in his way. Taps him on the shoulder and walks off to follow Brienne. And Tormund looks devastated. Oh my God. His little face, he's like, wait. Like Danny's face. Yeah, he went from smile to the frown. Tormund's face did that same thing here. And Tyrion pours his own drink into Tormund's horn, like, you're going to need this. I love how he just like looks at him doing it. He's like, Yeah, (laughs) that was really funny. And then cheers is it. (laughs) Yeah, and Tormund, who is like the most boisterous and happiest guy in the room a second ago, his mood is just like ruined and he sulks off and like, Takes wow. her like that. I'm I mean, so it surprised. Clegane, yeah. my heart I mean, is broken. I mean, it Clegane, like, first of all, it starts off with him like pouring out his soul to somebody, and out of everybody that he could be talking to, I think the last person you'd like imagine would be listening to some shit like this would be Sandor Clegane, right? So the camera pans out as he says, I mean, it Clegane, and it's like a funny reveal that he's confiding in sandor who doesn't give a shit like yeah he's the most (laughs) loner of them all yeah and sandor's like don't touch me (laughs) and then a wildling or a girl comes up and she's like you can touch me i'm not afraid of wildlings and at least tormund didn't feel too sad for too long because he cheers right up (laughs) he's like oh okay let's go drown our sorrows clicking i'm not done with my drink and so he goes off and then this girl um, oh, this is interesting. This girl comes up to talk with Sandor and he like brushes her away basically and like growls at her basically to get her to leave eventually when she's not getting it at first. And I thought this was poignantly or um, strategically placed back to back with the Brienne virgin revelation because I've, I've said on the podcast a long time ago, I think that Sandor is a virgin as well. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've speculated it for a very long time. It fits his character. He never lets anyone get close to him. He has never had an intimate moment on any level with anyone that we've ever seen. I think he's a virgin. I don't think he's ever let anybody get close to him like that. I think you could be definitely onto something for sure. Um, Yeah, I think so. um, He's never been intimate on any level with anyone except for when he tried to save Sansa and he like kind of broke down in front of her. Um, Right. And this whole time as, as this girl comes over to Tormund and then as this girl comes over to the Hound, it shows Sansa watching Sandor. And they, we haven't seen them interact yet. No, since, you know, I said that when we were watching it to Dave. I was but, like, oh, they're, this is their reuniting right yeah. here. Yeah. And so she's kind of watching as all this is playing out, which I thought was interesting because he, um, you know, the girl goes away and he's like, this is my drink, like the big drink, you know, <laughs> you know like get it's away like from It's like the me. big flagon. Yeah. And so Sansa walks up and she's been watching or eyeing him the whole time. And she's like, she could have made you happy for a little while. He's like, there's only one thing that'll make me happy. And of course, killing Gregor. Yeah, he has some unfinished business. Yeah, she's like, what's that? And he's like, that's my fucking business. And gets like all, you know, like up in her grill, basically. Like, it's an attack. Like, what he, that's what he does. He pushes people away, right? But, but for the first time, Sansa's unfazed with him by that. And she doesn't even, she's making eye contact with him the whole time. Doesn't break eye contact at all with him. And Sandor takes note of this. He's like, used to be, you couldn't look at me. That was, that was a long time ago. I've seen much worse than you since then. And again, he's like trying to push her away. Yeah. I've heard, heard you were broken in, heard you were broken in rough. And I'm like, damn dude, that's like, you know, like you're really trying to push her away. Horrible. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. But again, she's unfazed and doesn't break eye contact with him at all. 
and he got what he deserved. I gave it to him, right? And and he's like, how? And this is so funny. She says, hounds. <laughs> hounds. And I thought I was thinking to myself, like, hounds were Sansa's solution. I wonder if that could be a broader statement for Sansa. I've speculated before that Sansa and Sandor could end up as a couple. And uh, I'm still keeping that on the table, basically. It could be. She does so, touch his hand. Right. In like a very intimate way. And she, he's like, you've changed, little bird. And uh, I think Sandor likes Sansa even more than he did before at this point, you know, because she's a badass now. And he likes that. And she tells to him, he, he says, none of it would have happened if you'd left King's Landing with me. No little fing- little finger, no Ramsey, none of it. And this is what, like, he's like, you know, I would have kept you safe. I would have protected you. Like, you should have come with me. You could have trusted me, basically, is what he's saying. And uh, this is when she reaches over and, like, grasps his hand and holds it. And he looks down at it and then looks back up at her. And she tells him, you know, and it's, it's, it's like, she grasps his hand. It's like seemingly recognizing that yes i know you tried to save me and that you care and like she's acknowledging that and it's like this warm intimate moment between the two of them and he doesn't pull his hand away he doesn't reject her advance like he did with no, the girl a minute surprising. ago yeah very telling i think and she tells him without Littlefinger, ramsey and all the rest i would have stayed a little bird all my life mm. aka you know without all the trauma i wouldn't i still wouldn't be able to look at you and maybe, maybe, aka, you'd still wouldn't, you still wouldn't have a chance with me. I don't know if that was an underlying oh, maybe. hint that she was there, but she kind of like gives him the eyes. I thought a little bit like sort of like she's flicker, been, flickers she's a smile. She's giving the eyes. She's yeah. giving Sandor the eyes. Yeah, and That's he sort of smile, and she uh, she gets up and walks away, and he sort of like chuckles and smiles. And I thought that was cool. Like, I like that interaction between the two of them, that they both, yeah. they're leveling, you know, and they're on the same team now. And it just, Sansa's come so far and it was good to see that she understands now that he really did want to help, I feel like. Um, so good moment for the really two of them. Really good moment between the two of them, for sure. Definitely. So then, the thing for the start, girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Gendry seeks out Arya. Don't right? shoot. <laughs> yeah, she blasts an arrow right by his face. And he's just, he's all jazzed up. His eyes are wide. And yeah, he's so stoked. He's like, why aren't you celebrating with us? Yeah. She's like, I am celebrating. He's and like, I am too. He's like, I am too. I'm not Gendry. Rivers, I thought Rivers was the wrong name, though. I'm not sure what it should be, but Rivers is for the Riverlands, right? Let's look it up. Let's see. I don't remember. Bastardy. Okay. Rivers is the Riverlands. Uh, like you said, let's look at Riverlands on the map. Riverlands does not seem to encompass um, King's waters. Landing. Waters. That, yeah, that's what it would be, right? Waters. It's waters, yep. So that's funny. They fucked up there. Let's see if I can expand it and... Put it up here. Yeah, There's that's King's that's Landing right. right. Waters, there. because Cersei Waters. Cersei hires a guy named Waters for Orain Waters to be to run her fleet. Yeah, he should be a Waters. Two fuck ups in this episode, HBO. That John is in the is the air because he's a male, and that Gendry would be a Rivers. Two big fuck ups. 
Two big yeah. fuck ups, guys. And he's all proud. He's like, I'm Gendry Baratheon, Lord of Storms and yeah. by Order of the Queen. And I love it. <laughs> Arya is like really honestly happy. Excited for him. For him. She's congratulations. Like, wow, congratulations. Like, She's that's so amazing. Stoked. He's like, I don't know how to be the Lord of anything. I, I don't even know how, how to use, use a fork. fork. All I know is that you're beautiful, and I love oh. you, and none of it would be worth anything if you're not with me. And this is what reminded me of Robert and his love for Lyanna, mm, who Arya is yeah. said to look like. Robert loved her and loved him, loved her so much that even seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole that she mm. left behind. And here, Gendry's saying the same thing. None of it would be worth anything if you're not with me. All seven kingdoms wouldn't make up, wouldn't, be, wouldn't mean anything if you're not with me. You know what I mean? So I yeah. just felt like... This is like makes no, I perfect love that parallel. Sense. That's awesome. Oh, it was so intense. That quote from that episode in season one, like the seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole she left behind us, just like hits me hard every time. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, he's like, he takes a knee. So be with me, be mm. my wife, be the lady of Storm's End. And I was so shocked. She kneels down and kisses him, like, and pulls him up, though kisses him yeah but i like when she started kissing him i really thought for a second she was gonna say yes and i was really surprised by that but oh, yeah she... really i didn't get that vibe at all i felt like she was leaning down to like kiss him and bring him back up like yeah get off i mean that's what it was and... you're you're right yeah. you know yeah you're totally because right because it's like well she even says it here you know it's that's not her as a character there's right. no way that she would agree to go be a lady of anything at this point yeah and this is it's that throwback to season one ned one day you'll be the lady of a hold fast your sons will be lords or princes you know and she's like no that's not me no <laughs> you know? i'm Great not a season lady one throwback yeah i'm not a lady i never, <laughs> never have, have been, been. Uh, poor me. Gendry, man. I know. And then she so like sad. immediately turns away and starts shooting her bow and just like leaves him standing there I, again. I loved the the last that we're left with is a pit, like an image of him and then it cuts away. But the last sound we hear is like an arrow. And I was like, oh, it's like an arrow <laughs> through the heart. Yo, it's over. But not like Cupid's thunk. arrow. No, but it's like <laughs> the, a death arrow. <laughs> yeah, like more like Rhaegal's arrow. Too soon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Super fucked up. So she kind of ghosts him here, like John does ghosts, just like leaves him standing there. Uh, Which is so fucked up. Yeah, sad for Gendry. But he'll be Lord. He can get any girl he wants. So he'll be all right. And I I have a feeling that she might not want to be a lady, but she might want to like still hang out with him every once in a while, if you know what I mean. Did we already come go? I think we did. um, Pod. He like oh, walks missed off that. with two girls. We missed that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize there were two girls. But I. Yeah. So he like looks at one girl, and yeah. then I think it's the girl that Sandor like scares Declines. away. She like goes over to Gendry, and he puts his arm around both of them, and like walks away with both of them. I'm like, oh. not Gendry, Podrick. Oh, Podrick. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Podrick. It, it remind it, they they sort of brought that up in the uh, the game revealed thing too. It's like. The actor who plays Podrick is like, well, after season, uh, I think he's Irish or something. After season three, rumors have spread, and and that <laughs> shows the him looking over and the girl like giving him the up down, you know? Like, oh yeah, like I know who you are. Yeah, you're that guy that that legendary guy. I want to try, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so, so that was funny. kind of funny. And then we cut to Brienne's chambers, and first thing we see is Oathkeeper. Um, hanging on a, you know, like a hat stand or something. 
and uh, the door, there's a knock and uh, she opens it and it's Jamie. And he's like, you didn't drink in the, the game. Apparently she was faking drinking. She looked drunk as hell to me, though. I I think he was right, uh, referencing that she didn't drink oh, at, the, at last, the virgin question. There you go. The last question. Yeah, you're right. Because I think she was drunk. Yeah, I, were- I agree. Now that you mentioned that, you're right. You're 100% right. Because the, as they go on, he says, I've never slept with a, a night before. And she says, I've never slept with anyone. And he says, then you have to drink. Those are the rules. Because <laughs> yeah. when I first saw that, I was like, so if you're a virgin, you have to drink to have sex for the first time? No, that doesn't make any sense. It's You have to drink because you never drink at that last question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right, right off the bat, he's like, it's so warm. You keep it warm enough in here, right? And immediately, just any excuse he can find to start taking his clothes off. You know? I know. And she's kind of like, <laughs> Walks what over is towards happening? The bed. Yeah. And she's like, whoo. And uh, it is getting hot in here. <laughs> yeah. And he, yeah, metaphorically. And he's like, she's like, that's the first thing she learned, you know, when she got to the north. Every time you leave the room, you got to put more wood on. And uh, he's like, you know what? The first thing I learned in the north is I hate the fucking north. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. She's like, oh, it grows on you. And he's like, oh. I don't want things growing on me. <laughs> <laughs> How about Tormund's giant's bane? Has he grown on you? Are you jealous? Yeah. She's like, yeah. She's like, he was very sad when he left. She's like, you sound quite jealous. And I he, do. I do, don't I? He kind of like has a moment where he's like, yeah, but like when he says, I do, don't I? He legit seems like surprised at himself, like realizing, oh, I am jealous. You know, this is out of character for me. Yeah, bloody hot in here. And he starts stripping more, but poorly because of his golden hand. And he's like fighting at it. He's (laughs) all like. (laughs) (laughs) So she starts helping him and he starts trying to take her shirt off. Move aside. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, he starts like trying to fumble with her straps and she's like what are you doing what are you doing taking your shirt off right and i was like oh my god i could i can't believe this is actually believe. happening like i knew it from season three from from that ba- that scene in the bathhouse you know that there was something between them and there's been so many hints to it since then but so many people were like they would actually do it right so many people online were like there's no romantic connection you know it's just like an an admiration no it was romantic you know i knew Uh it the whole time and it comes to fruition here um and as they're both stripping (laughs) like you know i've never slept with a night before jamie you've never slept with anybody except cersei but it's it's like saying the night thing is funny because um brienne is the first female knight so exactly. Like, unless Jamie knighted her. <laughs> yeah. So he knighted her and took her virginity. Oh my god, and then dumped her like immediately. Oh, so fucker. fucked up. So fucked up. And so like they you know, it cuts away and they or they you then you have to drink, he says after she says she's never slept with anyone. Those are the rules. I told you and they just start she starts kissing him and they like making out and like they're both so into it. And even yeah. the next day like when when it's not like this is just like a drunken thing for Jamie. He's had a thing for Brienne. The next day he's telling Tyrion and he's like happy about it, you know? Yeah. He's but, chosen he's choosing to stay in the north with her. Yeah. Exactly. It's a big deal. Big deal. Really big deal. They're already like moving in together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um strategy oh, and then it shows after at the end of the scene with Danny and John, after Danny's like He's like, we can live together. And she's, she's like, we can. I've just told you how. It cuts to Jamie and Brienne and really ominous music starts playing. And it was mm-hmm. well-placed music because it has a double meaning. Ominous for, for 
for um john and danny but also ominous for jamie and brianne as it it does the same thing remember like two episodes ago in that couples montage with the winterfell the music playing yeah. that it, like the that the same music it played with snow falling in king's landing Arya is lying there in bed with gendry and her eyes are open and and Gendry's asleep. This shot sort of parallels that with Jamie lying there awake and Bran asleep. And Bran asleep. And just like Arya sort of leaves Gendry, Jamie ends up leaving Bran as well. And mm. this foreshadows his leaving this shot with the ominous yeah. music. But it was very slick placement of that because it, it foreshadowed bad things for the future of both of these couples, which, uh, you know, very nicely done directorial decision there. Yeah, for sure. So then it cuts to the strategy room. And we're learning that half of basically everything, everything, all of their, you know, their fleets or their armies are gone. And they just they they are talking about the the people and that, you know, we need to make sure that Cersei's people don't believe what she's telling them. And right. Yeah. And Cer- know, and uh, uh, Danny's like, Cersei will make sure they don't believe that, like, we're the good guys. We'll hit her hard. We'll rip her out root and stem. And Tyrion's like, oh, God, like. Looks a little Varys, bit nervous. It hands over to Varys. Yeah, definitely. And Tyrion reminds her the objective is to remove Cersei without destroying King's Landing. And, and Varys, we find that she is losing allies by the day. Yeah, exactly. Varys pipes that the in. The Iron Islands have been taken back, and there's a new Prince of Dorne. Yeah, good for you, Yara Greyjoy. And then, yeah, what the hell? New Prince of Dorne? Were there any the males? Were there any males left living in House Martell? I have no idea. Maybe no like little idea. kids playing in the water gardens or something that we just never saw. Maybe. I have no clue yeah, who no that clue. would be. They, we, we, uh, as far as the show goes, we have no information regarding this. Yeah. Um, so somebody mentions that no matter how many lords turn against her, as long as she sits on the Iron Throne, she can call herself the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. It's Danny. She says, we need the capital. Um, and Tyrion... Was it Tyrion that said yeah, um, about how the that, people? Yeah, they'll they'll turn on the queen when they're starving. Winter, like when they're starving, just give them an opportunity to cast her aside. Like let's just hold our horses. Like everyone, let's just calm down. We just fought a bunch of dead people. Like let's let's take the time to do this right. Right. We'll surround the city. John says if the Iron Fleet tries to to ferry in more food the dragons will destroy them if the lannisters and the golden company attack we'll defeat them in the field but we're not going to be offensive against king's landing and once people see that once the people see cersei is their our only enemy her reign is over you know because they'll know the dragons could destroy them basically um and so sansa brings up a good point here the men that we have left are exhausted many of them are wounded they'll fight better if they have time to rest and recuperate and that goes for dragons as well and Danny's just not having any of it. She's like, I came to North to fight alongside you as at great cost to my armies and myself. And, and now, now that you the time is Yeah, now the time has come for you to return the favor, you're trying to delay. And Sansa's like, it's not just our people, it's yours too. You want to throw them into a war they're not ready to fight? And it's like, dude, that's a really good I, point. I really liked Sansa in this scene. Yeah. She She's actually she's actually logical here. This and, is a great point. Yeah, and if Danny had listened, you know, at least Rhaegal would still be alive for the moment. Um, uh, but she's like, you know, the longer we delay, the stronger they become. And John kind of turns to San- to Sansa. The Northern forces will honor their promises and their allegiance to the Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. <laughs> Basically, do you understand, <laughs> Sansa? <laughs> <laughs> 
What you command, we will obey. Like, stop. Stop doing this yeah. to Danny. And Arya is by Sansa's side this whole time. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. why? Right? Um, and we learn that. So we get the plan. Um, John and Sir Davos will ride south with the northern troops and the bulk of the remaining Dothraki and Unsullied. Danny will, and a smaller group, will ride to White Harbor, sail south with the dragons accompanying them from above. And we learn Jamie has chosen to remain here as a guest That's of Lady girl. Winterfell, but really as uh, as Brienne's boy toy. Yep. And uh, Brienne smiles at, at that. And it's Jamie like really seems to like her and Brienne's happy. And it, I just hate the way that this that this goes. You know, we had we had speculated that if if something happens and. Jamie learns that Cersei's in danger, that he may like get triggered and feel like he, you know, like his love may be like flipped back on and he may feel obligated to go protect her and that may be what happens as we'll discuss uh, shortly but here Danny says again she says we've won the great war now we will win the last war I loved I loved that line yeah for really cool the arc of this entire series like we had the great war which was a great war it was what we've been waiting for as fans, mm-hmm. we still have one more, the last war. Yep. This the is war the last battle wars. we will see in Game of Thrones, period. Yep. Period. So it's the last war. And I just loved that. I love that closure of that line yep. in this season. But then she says, in all seven kingdoms, men will live without fear and cruelty under their rightful queen. And she said, rightful queen again. She has already acknowledged that John is the heir, so she's lying to herself here, saying that she's the rightful queen. Why is she lying to herself, you know? Yeah. So that's then the scene with the godswood. Sansa's or Arya's like, we need a word, you know? And then um, we get Sandor riding south on a, a oh, beautiful horse with those fluffy lower legs. I, I have in my notes, what's it called, Rachel? It's a Frisian. A Frisian. Amazing looking animal. Beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, they're they're very impressive horses. Yeah, for sure. and its hair on its lower legs is like blowing in the wind and That's everything. That's how you can tell it's a Frisian. They have like these really high set necks, mm. with, like really thick manes and tails, and then they have that those like hoof feathers. Cool. So, um, Sandor's like chewing on a piece of jerky or something. And he looks up. Oh, for he throws it sake. on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and it's Hound and Arya road trip version Yay! two. Do you think they're going to come across Nymeria? Oh, fucking, I hope so, man. They're going to be traveling right through our territory. Yeah. So he pretends not to be happy here, but he's fucking happy to be on the road with Arya again. He's so happy. Don't lie, Sandor. We see through (laughs) your bullshit. And And uh, plus, he's like, she's like a legitimate fighter now. Right. And that's the other thing, too. Arya is not a lady. She won't marry Gendry and be a lady of a castle. But... Her and Sandor are like two ass-kicking killer peas in a pod, right? <laughs> Could they end up as a couple eventually? Maybe. I mean, in the like, books, it would be kind of fucked. couple, yeah, you know? Yeah, in the books, it would be kind of fucked because she's really young. But here, she's a little older, and they're very similar, and they're... Think Not about like it. a traditional couple. Yeah, think about it. They're two people, side by side, going down to King's Landing to attack two other people who are side by side. It's Arya and the Hound going down there to attack Gregor and Cersei. You know what I mean? So it's like they, they're like aligned with each other no, in so it. many I different it. ways. It, uh, it could actually, it could totally happen. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So uh, 
she's like on your own he's like not anymore (laughs) i don't like crowds (laughs) she's like me neither why not they all love you now you're the big hero don't like heroes must have felt good sticking a knife in that horned fucker it felt better than dying so blasé about the whole thing it's hilarious and so they both discovered they're both heading down to King's Landing and neither For of them are planning on returning. Business. Yeah, two ass-kicking killers riding side by side to kill to King's Landing to kill two people who are currently side by side in King's Landing. One pair coming for another pair. Fucking epic. Great yep. directorial decision again to have them riding it. south so together glad. here. Yeah. At least they each get their own horses this time too. Oh, there's <laughs> a bug in my face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh so suicide missions all around <clears throat> as neither of them are planning to coming planning on coming back and they have this great this great line here between the two of them gonna leave me to die again if i get hurt probably <laughs> and he, he they can't help but laugh and it's like they're just fucking with each other you know like they're totally. just busting chops and aria smiles at him as a result of that and he's laughing and i'm just so happy to see them together on the road again it's great right on the road again on the road again yeah and gilly is preggers as we talked about yeah um that they want to name their baby john yep and i think that's it for the episode is there anything oh no we have kyburn and cersei in king's landing talking yeah we have a we have a couple more little scenes here yeah my bad that's okay so cersei is asking She's like, our message was well received then, learning that the, you know, Euron's there, that the Targaryen fleet has been basically massacred. And that the dragon dragon was killed. Yeah. Yep, I Um, saw it go underwater. Kyburn says, your people have heard the usurper is coming. They're grateful for your protection within the walls of the keep. And I was like, oh shit, now Danny is being called a usurper. The tides have Mm. turned. And Cersei has totally fooled the people into thinking that she's protecting them, as opposed to the truth, which is she's really just using them as human shields. Basically. Pawns to force Danny's hand to kill civilians and make them turn against her, you know? And she's like, there won't be any left if that's really what she does. What was that? There won't be any civilians left if Danny truly decides to use her dragon. So it's kind of of a moot point. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, you're certain about the dragon. And Euron confirms, yep, saw it sink beneath the waves. And she's like, that must have been glorious. And he like kneels in front of her. The glory is yours, my queen. And this is a creepy little moment. Um, When the war is won. The lion shall rule the land and the kraken shall rule the sea, which is like a perfect relationship when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and our child shall one day rule them all. And Euron's eyes light up as he, and he looks over for Kyburn, to Kyburn for confirmation and he nods at him. And uh, he stands up and is like reacting to this news and like grasping Cersei and you can see micro expressions of disgust on Cersei's face as Euron reacts to this and I think this tells us that it's not his kid yeah totally it's Jamie's. yeah and uh Euron says she's coming for you and uh Danny's coming for you and she says to keep the gates open and if Danny wants to take the castle she'll have to murder thousands of innocent people first and this is you know she's gonna try to lure Danny into massacring these people to get to her just so that just to turn the people against her basically. And then a poignant line, she says so much for the breaker of chains. 
and we get the reveal. Oh, it's Masande. Yes, as Dan, just as Danny broke Masande's chains back in the day. I mean, she wasn't like literally in chains, but she was still a slave to uh, Krasny's. Yeah. Um, just not wearing chains, literally. Um, but now she's like in chains, like she's back in servitude, essentially a prisoner. Um, and it's like she couldn't keep the chains broken, basically. So much for the breaker of chains, you know. Mm, oh, so, so fucked up. And this yeah. is the uh, then we get the next scene with the war council, where Tyrion and Varys are trying to keep Danny under control and prevent her from going and slaughtering everybody, basically after her dragon is killed, right? Yep, and Ver- this is when Varys calls her out. He he goes, "Your Grace, I promise you, I would look you in the eye and speak directly if I ever thought you were making a mistake. This, this is, is a, mistake. a mistake. Yeah, and what is the mistake? The mistake is what Grey Worm is suggesting here, because Grey yep. Worm is you know one of her loyal advisors as well, and he's saying, "We'll storm the Queen. We'll we'll storm the enter the the city. We'll kill all of your enemies, all of them. You know and." Jairus is like, no, 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 wait, 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 we can't do this. Like, we don't want to storm the city. There's too many innocent people, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I was really proud of Varys for living up to his word here and confronting her to her face. But Danny's like, you saw my child fall from the sky. They took Masande, And at that moment, it's like, oh, God, we're not going to be able to reason with her. But yeah. Varys has a very eloquent point here. You want to talk about it? Yeah, he goes, you know, Cersei, she needs to be destroyed, but if we attack King's Landing with Drogon and the Unsullied, everyone's going to fucking die. And that's why Cersei is bringing them here into the Red Keep, because you're not going to go after them. So I just, I beg you, basically, like, please do not destroy the city you came to save. Like, we have to find a better way around this. Don't become what you've always struggled (sighs) to defeat. I loved that oh, one my so, God. so much. So intense. Oh and God. she's like, do you believe we're here for a reason, Lord Varys? I'm here to free the world from tyrants. That is my destiny and I will serve it no matter the cost. And I'm thinking like, you'll serve it even if it be- means you become a tyrant yourself. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I felt that way too. It's like, like, she's really in a really, like between a rock and a hard place though. Right. It's like. She may have to shed some blood, unfortunately, to get into that seat so she can save everybody else. But if she does that, then the people will just think it's more of the same. In reality, though, if she had any fucking brains whatsoever and Varys is with her, does that offer any solutions that you can think of? Varys knows all of the fucking secret passages of Magor's Keep. All she needs is Varys to lead an assassin through a hidden gate. You know, like the 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 sewer that Arya came out of. Just mm-hmm. go in through there, infiltrate the Red Keep in secret, pop out through Maybe the secret fucking door. Maybe, but like, like Varys could prevent all of this. He knows all of the secret passages. He could make he could eliminate this problem by. By sneaking into the Red Keep and killing the target. Maybe he thinks it just can't be done. Maybe. Uh, I think it's just they didn't consider it. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you could be right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just my my initial thought. Is it, No, it, you're, I, I, you could be right. I, I also think Ferris is probably just like, it's. she's so heavily guarded. And she has the mountain. Like, to get an assassin through all of it. Right. And also after Tyrion snuck through those uh, after Tyrion snuck through those secret passages, now they're aware of them. So, mm-hmm. 
maybe they're uh, probably being guarded. Yeah, like I, there's more details about about that in the books. Um, you know, like Jamie goes into like explore the ton- like explore the passages to try to find Tyrion and stuff. And after after it happens, Cersei becomes like ultra paranoid that Tyrion is just hiding in the castle, lurking behind the walls, just waiting to strike. And she burns down the Tower of the Hand to like, <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. But uh, oh yeah, I think I I, I probably I, remember that from Still Smug. Yes, that's re- what it was. I was I like, I know I haven't and- read it in the book, but I knew I heard it somewhere. Yeah. So um, someone's like, it could be a fortnight before John and the Allied armies arrive. In the meantime, demand her surrender, offer her life in exchange for the throne. It was Tyrion. Danny's like, nope. But if there's a chance to avoid the coming slaughter, we should make an effort. Right. She's like, it's not going to prevent anything, but, but perhaps she's basically using Cersei as kind of a scapegoat. It's like, hey, the Dragon Queen offered Cersei a surrender and Cersei didn't take it. So it makes Cersei kind of the bad guy. Right. If the people see that Daenerys made every effort to avoid bloodshed and Cersei refused, then they'll know who to blame when the sky falls down upon them. Mm. I thought that was an intense line. Great verbiage there. I totally agree. Really powerful line. And then it cuts back to Winterfell as a raven arrives and Jamie sees Wolken handing it to Sansa and he can just tell something's up because he goes to follow Sansa and Brienne and he's like, what happened? And uh, we learn that Euron ambushed Danny's fleet. One of the dragons was killed, several ships destroyed and Missandei captured. And oh my God, this is like devastating news. And Sansa's like, I always wanted to be there when they execute your sister. Seems like I won't get the chance. Um, And I was thinking that this meant that they may not be able to get to Cersei at all. But Mm -hmm. I feel like Jaime interpreted it it as they're going to attack and like just burn the whole fucking place to the ground. Because he he can't, he's, he's conflicted. He's lying there. You know, Bran's asleep and he's sitting there at the end of the bed and he can't sleep and he ends up going to leave, right? And I feel like at first when I was watching it, I thought that maybe he thought he would be the only way that they could get to Cersei and that he was going to have to intervene to help on Danny's behalf. But then as Brienne sees that he's gone and finds him leaving, they have this conversation that kind of changed my mind about that um, and made me think that he was like regressing and like feeling the need to go save Cersei. Maybe he feels that way right now, but he'll end up killing her. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping so too. I because we don't really get the Azora High theory or like prophecy to play out in this series. Maybe we'll get the Valonqar. That maybe we'll get like one of them at least. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, Bri- you know, Jamie's saddling up the horse, trying to with his one hand. And uh, Bran comes out. They're going to destroy that city. You know they will. Jamie's like, have you ever run from a fight? And Bran's well, trying pleading, to... basically. She's like, you're not like your sister. Yeah, you're, you're not. not. You're better than she is. You're a good man, and you can't save her. You don't need to die with her. And that <sighs> tells me that she thinks Jamie is regressing and going to try to save her, which is horrible. Oh man, it was so disappointing. Talk about begging, dude. Stay here. She starts with me, please. She starts to break down when she that last please, you know, like please. 
Stay. Oh my God. She has these big tears in her eyes. It's horrible. Especially like, and he, you know, he has his monologue here. You think I'm a good man? I pushed a boy out a tower window, crippled him for life, for Cersei. I strangled my cousin with my own hands just to get back to Cersei. I would have murdered every man, woman, and child in River Run for Cersei. And J- everything that he's, he says, Brienne is like breaking down more and more, uh, realizing that he's not necessarily who she thought he is, or at he least, yeah. or at least he's choosing not to be. And he he says to finish it off. She's hateful, and so am I, and mm. just rides off, basically. And th- this obviously evoked that moment b- right before he rapes her over Joffrey's dead body, where it's oh, not yeah. really a rape in the book, but it's a rape in the show. And he says, you're a hateful woman. Why have the gods made me ha- love a hateful woman, Right so fucked up and here he's he's bringing it up again she's hateful but so am i and so am i he says and as he rides off here and abandons brienne ghosts her brienne is fucking crying here it's heartbreaking and horrible after everything that brienne's been through keeping her guard up around men and finally having jamie break through her her you know her tough exterior wall that she's built and like letting down her guard physically and metaphorically and you know letting her penetrate her defenses (laughs) physically and metaphorically as well all of the psychological progress that she's made here getting over the trauma of not being able to trust men may have just been erased and oh, completely erased you know, Are you like, kidding me yeah i mean made even worse and it's just such a tragedy that that happened and that this is that this is jamie's decision here after he was finally on the right path finally fighting for life and in the north with the with the good people and everything like that. And here he is just regressing and abandoning the, the woman who really loves him. Cersei doesn't love him. She loves herself. She, she, she sees Jamie as what she should have been, you know, and she loves that, that idea that she could have been that, you know, she doesn't love Jamie. She thinks that he squanders his opportunities. He's a beautiful fool who makes stupid decisions and is wasted his potential in a way that she would not have. And she doesn't love Jamie like Brienne does. Brienne loves Jamie and Jamie loves Brienne too. But again, he had spent so much time with Cersei and they were born together. And like he said, we, we entered this world together. <coughs> we'll, we'll leave this world together as well. Maybe he'll sacrifice himself and take her down with him. Maybe. Sacrifice uh, himself. Yeah. Yeah, to to just to make sure she dies, but they both die together. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what he said would happen, that they will leave the world together. But it's just so fucked up as like those beautiful s- smiles that Brienne had earlier in the episode are just completely reversed. And it's like, yeah. you know, like that theater thing where like the happy face and the sad face like next mm-hmm. to each other, the juxtaposition. Um, that's Brienne in this episode, covering the it's full awful. spectrum of emotions from being elated and happy and finally, f- like, finding somebody that she believes in and trusts and it opens up to and then just having it all just ripped right out from her. Um, 
and being abandoned and left um, alone again. Alone. It's just fucking it's horrible, awful. man. It's uh, it's like John leaving Ghost Unforgivable. This may be another unforgivable thing by Jamie here, you know? Yeah. It's really fucked up. Hard to watch. Um, and I think that's pretty much it for the episode. Do you have anything else? Nope. I think that's all my notes. Oh, all right. So how do you feel about where we are in the season right now? Where's two episodes left. We've got one dragon left. Depleted forces. I can't believe we are down to one dragon. I know. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, do you think there's going to be any dragons left at the end of the series? I posed this question on the live show for the other hosts too, but I want to know um, your opinion because the dragons are like a dangerous force of nature. I Part of me feels like if there are any dragons alive, that nobody is safe. You know what I mean? So I, in order for peace to exist in the realm, I almost feel like all the dragons have to die for that to be possible. I think like if they Danny do, said, if, though... Like, sorry, like, like Danny said, like the, the people of the Seven Kingdoms will live without fear, mm. you know, and peace under, the, under their rightful queen. The only way that they can live without fear is if they're not scared that a dragon could show up at any moment. You know what I mean? I think if they... Maybe. I think they'll have to... Drogon's going to have to serve his purpose of getting Danny on the Iron Throne and maybe die in the process, but nonetheless, she would sit the Iron Throne. Or if Danny dies, the dragon dies. Or if the dragon dies, Danny dies. Yeah, like, that's what a couple people said last night, too. I'm they not felt sure like there it was... can really be one without the other. Exactly. Yeah, that's so funny. That, that, that That's what Johnny said, maybe. It's like, oh, either, really? both of them live or both of them die. Like, Yeah, yeah and if if Drogon does die and Danny survives, it's for her to sit on the Iron Throne. Right. Like, the objective is fulfilled. Yeah. And I'm not Ugh. sure I'm convinced that that's going to happen. So right. I think it's either they both live or they both die. And in a mm -hmm. weird Game of Thrones twist that she actually does end up on the Iron Throne, then I think Drogon <laughs> will die in the process of that. But she mm -hmm. will fulfill her objective and still be alive. Yeah, it's possible. So last week with Princess Sarah, we talked about how this is last week was the second worst rated episode of game of thrones of what? all time did you know that no next to one episode from season five the long night was the worst rated episode of all time for game of thrones and after such an episode the fandom is greatly divided there are mm -hmm. people who are very disappointed about the narrative decisions that the show has made the complete um, cutting out and ignoring of the prince that was promised prophecy, which I thought made sense because I'm that's, not too upset about that. Yeah. I mean, George has said like prophecies, you know, people like in his stories, he likes to use prophecies. And one of the things he likes is that they may just not be true. People are spending all this time doing all this stuff for this prophecy that they're convinced exists, but it's just bullshit. And well, you know, I why think is kind of the embodiment of that in the show because she keeps thinking this prophecy is popping up and none of it comes to fruition. Right. And now exactly. she's dead. So it's like, I, I would have loved to see the prince who was promised who wouldn't, but I'm not upset that a prophet, a prophecy didn't pan out. 
That's what right. it is. It's not fact. It's not right. And guaranteed. I mean, Azora High already existed. Why would there be a second Azora High? Like that already happened. The assumption that a, an equivalent figure will rise is there's no reason for it. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe it'll come up in a in a different way that is re- resembles it. But I'm not. I'm not. I have mixed feelings about. I, I kind of see both sides. It's kind of where I sit in life in general is I just kind of sit in the middle of a lot of things. Right, right, right. Um, I'm just, I, I'm, I have an opinion, but I'm not opinionated, I guess is a great way for to describe me as an individual. Sure. Um, so I, I see the side where people are furious at the way that this season has panned out. I'm a little disappointed here and there with certain things like little holes that they could really fill or take the time. I really think this season should have been 10 episodes Mm -hmm. or more than six um, to, to make it feel a little bit more robust, but I'm a fan. I'm, I'm enjoying the episodes. I like this season. So Mm -hmm. Could there be better things done better? Sure, absolutely. I could say that about a lot of the seasons. It's right. a little bit more apparent in this season, and I think the showrunners are getting a little bit more flack from it because it's the last season, right? And it took so bloody long for them to get it out to us <laughs> that it caused, I think, a lot of people to hype it up in their minds versus just take it for face value and right. just enjoy the, yep. the show. Agreed. So that's that's how I personally feel. Yeah, there are holes. Yeah, it, there are things that could have been done better. I was a little disappointed with how dark um, the last episode was. I don't I was know if you watching... heard about that. That was actually not the way the episode actually looked. That I was did hear that. Error. Yeah, an error caused by the compression used by HBO to but scream it. But nonetheless, we don't have Blu-ray out yet. Right, yeah. And so it, the, yeah, the it did ruin it for a lot of people. show is airing now. So, and I, I mean, me personally, I was in a hotel room Couldn't in the pitch shit. black on my laptop streaming hotel Wi-Fi, and I could not see anything that was happening. Right. Um, and it was really frustrating. Because I thought maybe it was my laptop and I turned the brightness up all the way. I closed all the blinds and I still couldn't see anything. And I blamed it kind of on my laptop. And then I went home and I watched on the TV and I was like, we have a plasma. Ooh, plasma is the best. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate of plasma. We have too much in common, Rachel. You're fucking spying on me. (laughs) I think you're spying on me. I got my plasma in 2012. The thing with the plasma is those you can see true black. Yeah, so that's yeah, they're known for good reds and good blacks. Super, super, super dark on the plasma because there were true blacks in this episode or this past episode. So I was a little let down. Um, but yeah, so I again I'm not like I don't hate the show anymore because I couldn't see what the fuck was going on. Right. Half there the were time. people who said this is no longer their favorite That's show stupid. after last episode. That's just stupid. People just need to learn to be happy. Right. It's like I, I mean, thoroughly enjoyed the episode, even though I had a hard too. time seeing it. And I respect that H or that the showrunners wanted it to be dark. And I understand that HBO kind of fucked it up when they compressed it. So it doesn't make me hate the show. I love the show. People were I think also it's upset with narrative decisions, though, that played a big part of it as well. They thought the, yeah. the military tactics were bad, which there I can make arguments to to against their arguments for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I, I yeah. see both sides. I, I think it's moving fast, faster than we want it to, but mm-hmm. it's not because I think they're, they're, comp- they're pressed for time, but also do we really want to spend a whole lot of time revisiting things that we've already, that we already know in right. the series. Now I will say there are certain moments like I would have loved to hear Bran repeat John's heritage to Sansa and, and Arya see their reactions. to get their reaction. I think that was a misstep, but mm-hmm. they're running out of time and I would rather them spend the time on something that we haven't seen or heard before. Yep. Then waste it with six episodes, but that's why I said I think they should have had ten, maybe at least eight. Yeah, I mean at least eight. That's how I felt. Yeah. The other thing too is that this is the most highly anticipated series of television season of television of all time, the most popular TV show ever in its final season, with such high expectations. It's just like, how can you possibly keep everybody happy? You know, like you're doing your best to try to pull together an There's ending that people will like. There's always going to be people out there that are going to complain about right. it. Right. And Princess so... Sarah posted an amazing meme where it's like, fans, if fans of Jon Snow killed the Night King, too predictable. Fans when Arya killed the Night King, Jon Snow should have done it. Exactly. <laughs> like you're it's... just not going to be happy. But like it's happened with other series before, like lost everybody a lot of people hated the ending the fandom was divided um the sopranos people hated the ending fandom was divided how many really like I legendary think, popular series are able to successfully land an ending not many of them many, like what breaking bad dexter people hated the ending i mean breaking bad is like the only I one i can hate think the of ending because it's just the fact that it's the ending and the show is ending and right people and there's don't just nothing that can satisfy them yeah they don't no, want to let yeah. go of this world and right no nothing could be could happen that could be satisfying enough <laughs> potentially no. so i i have my mixed feelings about this season i think i am kind of waiting for it to play out in its entirety mm-hmm. i'm gonna go back and watch the series or the season from start to finish before I jump to conclusion about how I feel, I feel that me personally, I kind of played up the first episode in my mind. I was a little let down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was partially just me personally, like imagining what Game of Thrones season eight premiere is going to be. Right. Yeah, same here. But it didn't. A little underwhelmed after the first episode. It was, it was underwhelming, but it was a wonderful episode. Yeah. So I want to watch it in a different context than just anticipation. Agreed. And excitement. So maybe ask me again after I've rewatched the series after it's aired and I can Sounds give you a good. little bit more valid, valid opinion. I think on we're going to have to discuss our feelings again about just where we are in the series at the end of next episode, too. Um, I do, too. I yeah. think so. All right. So stick with us, guys. We'll be right back after a short break. All right. Make sure to check out the new Game of Thrones rap album, The Iron Throne of Microphones, by Purpose from the rap group Tragic Allies. Just go to tragicallies.bandcamp.com to get the album for free today. This track is called Sword in the Darkness. Night gathers, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall take my wife, no wins, father, no children. I shall wear no crowns and win no glory. I am the shield, the guards the realms of men. 
my life and honor to the night's watch for this night and all the nights to come. Of men, I came to wash my sins. Take the back, no looking back as my watch begins. No more scheming in the evening for a gold crown. I'm spending all my coppers on the whores who live in Moles Town. Hear my words and witness my vow as I kneel before the old gods listening now. Night gathers and my watch begins. Shall it not end until I die when I try fighting for kin? My brothers in black shall take no wives, hold no lands, and father no kids for as long as we live and wear no crowns and win no glory. Live and die at my post like the story of those who came before me. I am the sword in the darkness, watcher on the wall, shield guarding the realms of men till all of us fall. Pledge my life and my honor for the night's watch for this night and all the nights to come till my life is undone. The fight has begun. Killers, thieves, you came alone in chains without friends or others. You came to us rich, you came to us poor. Some of you bear the names of proud houses. Others only bastard names and no names at all. It does not matter. All that is in the past. Here, on the wall, we are all one house. And we're back with Raven's Calls. Lady Amelia of House Gibson. Hi, Sir Duncan and Lady Rachel. It's Lady Amelia of House Gibson in Cumbria, North England. I don't think Ghost will leave John. I think his instinct with, to be with John will see him follow John down to King's Landing, meeting up with Nymeria and her, and her gang on the way. I think Ghost still has to play an important role in protecting John at a vital moment. I hope I'm right. Keep up the great work. I hope you're right, too, Lady Amelia. I hope you're right, too, because that really has not been sitting right with my soul. <laughs> yeah. What's the direct? Uh, David Nutter released a statement about it that partially they chose to do that because it was it, like he implied it's dangerous to have the the actors working with wolves. <laughs> but like, dude, we're not stupid. You could you could have, um, you know, one of the trainers go head to head with the wolf or something. That's that's just, total cop out. Yeah, total cop out. Like if if Tatiana um, Maslany can hug herself in Orphan Black, anything is possible. You know? um, they had Brienne of Tarth in a bear pit with an actual bear. <laughs> right. Like that was a real bear. She was in the pit with the bear. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so there that's you bullshit. Go. <laughs> destroyed. I'm calling bullshit on that. Argument destroyed. I would seriously, I think I said it earlier. I would seriously rather five minutes less of some dragon content for 30 seconds for him to say goodbye to Ghost. I know. That's all I needed. Is is not even thirty seconds. Just go pat him on the head or like, give him like a, a hug or something. Yeah, like they didn't have to have Drogon sitting within ballista range at that last meeting exactly. there. You know, like left him out entirely and given fifteen seconds f- to ghost. Or how about that that stupid joyride that they took like in the first <laughs> episode? They could have cut like a couple solid minutes out of that, and I would have been okay. Yeah, there, yeah, if, you could say If there's... he could have said goodbye to Ghost, yeah, there you know? could be extra there that could be cut for sure. Yeah, so I hope we see Ghost again. Me I too. sadly don't think we're going to, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope along uh, alongside you, Lady Amelia. <laughs> Me too. We're 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 both with you. 
I'll be the devil on your shoulder. She could be the angel. (laughs) 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 Okay. Lady Stancha of House Hall. Very well-placed episode. So many things to say, but at this point, I can only quote Ramsey. If you think this has a happy ending, you You haven't haven't been been paying paying attention. attention. (laughs) Thanks for writing, Lady Stancha. Good to hear from you. Yes. Sir Mihai of Math and Science, Guardian of the Tensors and Friend of the Lambdas. Seven blessings. Here's me again with the new episode. First, we have five final goodbyes to the dead. Danny whispers something to Jorah, and as the episode goes on, we realize she has lost the one person she knew the most. From the beginning, that one person who was backing her up no matter what. Except for when he was trying to have her assassinated. <laughs> but that was that before, technically. Then we have Sansa's goodbye to Theon, finally marking him as a full Stark by giving him the wolf pin as a posthumous decoration. Probably she actually felt some romantic interest in him. If we recall where they were during the Jenny song a few episodes ago, seems like ages have passed since then, <laughs> although it's just two weeks. Arya's goodbye to Beric and Sam. Oh, sorry. Arya's goodbye to Beric and Sam. Oh, shit. Sorry. Fuck, fuck. Arya's goodbye <laughs> okay. and Beric's to Sam. Oh, my God. What am I? This must be like these fucking. Here, put a know. comma there. Arya's goodbye to Beric. Oh, yeah. And okay. Sam's okay. to Ed. Thank yeah. you. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Arya's goodbye to Beric and Sam's to Ed are mostly pairing people who survived getting a final goodbye to the people that saved them. And then we have John and Liana, both because John recognizes her bravery, more on that later, but also because she's a stand in for the other Liana that John never knew, for his mother. It was very fitting that all these were happening while, quote, the North Remembers was playing. Nice. Yes. The sound has slowed down, making it more somber, more sorrowful, as it should. And John completes the arc by declaring that all men who died were, quote, shields that guarded the realms of men, repeating the relevant part of the Oath of the Night's Watch. The second chapter of the episode is the after party. (laughs) Arya is missing. She says later that she doesn't like groups of people when she finally goes away with the Hound. Clegane Bowl is going to happen, and Arya will die killing Cersei. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Gendry is looking for Arya during the party, and his moving around earns him the title of Lord. Danny tells Tyrion that he's not the only one who's clever, and then he immediately looks at Sansa. The icy relationship between Sansa and Danny gets even colder by the end of this episode, and the relationship between Sansa and Tyrion will actually make this blow up. As Sansa told Tyrion, John's secret. And now that's no longer a secret, but information. <laughs> Sansa dun, dun, is a true <laughs> yeah, right. Sansa is a true student of Littlefinger. She knows how to play the big game now, how to climb the ladder. As Clegane tells her, this little bird has changed. Coming back to the party, Jamie, Tyrion, Pod, and Bran are playing the drinking game, which results in the end in a drunken Brienne and a drunken Jamie doing the thing. This breaks Tormund's heart, and he leaves north of the wall. <laughs> Damn, taking a very battered ghost with him, too. And later, we also get Brienne's heartbroken as Jamie is still addicted to Cersei, and there are more things he needs to do for love. That sucks. Yeah. Danny gets very isolated during the party and storms off to the worried looks of Varys. We see seeds of conflict between her and Jon being sown now, although Jon tries not to get on the throne. But later, we get that, quote, the best ruler might be someone who doesn't want to rule, unquote. A reversal of, quote, any man who says I'm the king is no king, unquote. Good call. That's a great mirror. Yep. Excellent. Wow. 
<laughs> um, is it possible that Various will end up killing Danny? I think it's entirely possible, which just terrifies me. Or have, or have someone do it for him. Yeah, totally. Arya rejects Gendry. She's not going to be a lady. She's going to kill Cersei and not come back. We hear that Dorne has a new prince who already has declared for Danny. This is another reversal, as in the past Dorne was the last of the Seven Kingdoms to join the realm. Oh, that's a good historical mm. parallel, too. Nice catch. Unfortunately, Danny seems to go on a bad path. She claims it's her, quote, she claims it's her destiny to free the world of tyrants, but the fact that she wants to do this no matter the costs and how she reacts are signs that she might become a new tyrant. The wheel might not be broken after all. Quote, all tyrants talk about destiny, unquote. And getting three dragons shouldn't give Danny an exemption. In fact, now she only has one dragon left, and we see how she is now closer to the Mad King, becoming more tyrannical as she lost each one of her dragons. Missandei's Dracarys will now ring in Danny's mind until she burns everyone in King's Landing, <laughs> like the Mad King wanted to. Oh, that would be so fucked up if Danny ended up fulfilling the Mad King's oh, intentions just because, uh, like, she wants to get to Cersei. She just snaps finally. Yeah. Three more tie-ins and I'm done. First, Sam is a father. Long-winded explanation cut short by Gilly in a funny way, <laughs> hoping John. <laughs> John, hoping that the child is a girl, brings back sad memories about Craster's Keep. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Damn. And the things that happened there. Then we have Bronn asking for double the price, as people called it in the past. Two river <laughs> runs make for a high garden in this arithmetic. <laughs> you know the math pretty well, bro. But now he has to help in getting rid of Cersei. And finally, there were leaves rustling when John was shake sharing his secret in the godswood. All of the Stark ancestors were listening to this. Damn. Wow. That's cool, too. One more thing to add. I was thinking about Ghost and John not petting him and was really upset. And then it dawned on me and research watching past episodes on Fast Forward agrees. Ever since John was brought back to life, he was cold towards Ghost. What if he lost empathy when he was brought back? Gurm said that everyone brought back loses something, and we don't seem to find anything else that John lost. Thanks for more episodes, Sir Mihai of Math and Science, Guardian of the Tensors, and Friend of the Lambdas. Always good to hear from you, brother. Thanks for writing, yeah, man. Yeah, nice Great email. for sure. Yeah, lots of good catches in there. Lord Levi Clifford of House Smith. Great ep. <laughs> Great episode, in my opinion. Next week, all hell will break loose. Burn them all. One less dragon. Hmm, sad face. Yep. Lady Amanda of House Massey. Great episode this week, packed with a lot of information and in true Game of Thrones fashion, no one is safe. Man, I was not ready for them to take out the dragon and or, the, the dragon or capture and kill Masande. One thing I wish they were doing is using Bran more tactically. Ooh, yeah, that's a great point. They could do mm -hmm. so much with him. They could be tapping into what Cersei's battle plan is and the layout outside and inside of King's Landing with Bran's ability to warg and to see everything past and present. Yeah, they could destroy Cersei. They could literally just wheel him through the, the Red Keep and he's like, take a left. No one's down this hallway, you know, until they, <laughs> until they get to Cersei and kill her. <laughs> Any thoughts on why they wouldn't be utilizing him, especially now that the threat of the Night King is gone? Really hoping Arya uses Littlefinger's face in some sort of plot to kill Cersei. I think that they aren't using Bran into his full capacity just because it would make everything too easy. <laughs> they just can't do it. We're also not sure that he can see the future. Right. 
Um, but if well, he's, he, he can listen probably, to strategy conversations and stuff like that. That's true. He can listen to the past and, and maybe that will come into play. We'll see. I hope so. That'd be cool as hell, man. Lady Casey of House Andrews. John couldn't even be bothered to hug ghosts goodbye. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. So fucked. Lady Claire of House Johnson. I absolutely hate what they're doing with Danny. She lost so much to save Westeros and she's just getting shit on and being pushed into being, quote, mad. Also... Fuck Sansa. She is Littlefinger 2.0 and so ungrateful. She never really tried with Danny. She was just, she was confrontational and demanding. Look how well Yara did by showing a little mutual respect. Ugh, I'm so sad. I hate it. Sorry you're sad about this stuff, Lady Claire. Yeah. Hopefully it'll all resolve itself. I bet they're doing this just because they needed some sort of tension between the heroes during the final season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A little extra dynamic. Definitely. Lord Howard of House Bennett. We knew from season seven, Danny would not do well in the North. It was always going to break her. Only bit I didn't like was Ghost and the John part. At least Ghost will be safe. Yep. It's going to be hard to get inside the dragon pit, so Cersei will have to be killed by Arya somehow. Shit has just got real after that episode. Ooh, yeah, for shit sure. is real for sure. Lady Amanda of House Slightum. Great episode. Danny is super pissed and I feel is going to bring fire and blood to Cersei. I agree. Yep. Lady Joanne Marie of House Abernathy. I had a lot of what the fuck moments. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Definitely. Me too. Lady Heather of House Hildebrand, I'm 100% sure Jamie is going to kill Cersei. Arya is probably going to tag team the Mountain of Gregor. Oh, that would be so cool, man. That Maybe that's true. Like, uh, you're going to leave me to die again if I get hurt? At the last second, the hound is like on the ground and the mountain's about to kill him. And Arya comes out to defend him and they tag team him. Oh, that'd be <laughs> that'd crazy. Be so cool. He's like kneeling and she's like jumping off his back and stuff. <laughs> That'd be epic. A lot of people think Tyrion will tell Danny about Varys and she'll kill him. I say maybe, but not before Varys sets events in motion to take out Danny. Oh, Varys is prepared to die to protect the small folk. I think either Jon will have the throne thrust upon him because both Cersei and Danny are dead, or he'll decline and it'll go to the newly legitimized Gendry, and Jon will be the king of the North. I, I almost. After um, just jokingly, after saying that John lost my vote for king, I was about to say like Gendry for king. <laughs> yeah, it could very well be. Not that we know I, enough about his character to know if he's worthy at all or intelligent no. enough to comprehend it, but it was just as a joke. But if it does come true, that'd be hilarious. When I did the analogy of the wheel, I noted that the Baratheon sig- sigil has always stayed there. That's right. Even when Never all left. the Baratheons were killed off. And here's so, the payoff for you. you and here it, it is. Yeah, so we'll see. Either way, I suspect we'll see a history repeat itself when the Kingslayer becomes a Queenslayer and is found perched on the throne waiting for John to arrive. Oh, <laughs> just Shit. like he waited on the throne for Robert after killing the Mad King. Damn, that would be be nuts. That would be so crazy. Yeah, that would be so intense. Thanks, Lady Heather. Great message. Love it. Lady Fella of House Magnusche. And if I pronounced your name wrong, I'm, I'm sorry. Please let us know how to properly pronounce it. 
I didn't like the episode four. It was short and nothing happened. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, sorry to hear that too. Wish I could make everybody happy, you know? Yeah, me too. Lord Jamo of House Maxwell. Another brilliant episode, in my opinion. The amount of heartbreaking was insane. Tormund, Gendry, Brienne, Daenerys, Grey Worm, Jon, Ghost, Jamie. At least Sansa and Sandor had a moment of happiness. Yeah, that's true. And for mm-hmm. they never get moments of happiness either. So no, <laughs> hardly funny. ever. I've given up trying to form any hypothesis now because the writers continue to twist the tale in weird and wonderful ways. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride for the last two yeah. episodes. I'm right there with you. I'm Me done too. trying to take any, make any serious guesses at this point. I know. It's so hard at this point. <laughs> yeah. Lady Samantha of House Mikolay. Awesome. I was craving some Starbucks for some reason, though. <laughs> 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 oh, I she's wonder- referencing that Starbucks cup in front of Danny, or yeah. coffee, or take takeaway coffee cup. I wonder if that was Amelia Clark's cup, and she like left it on it the was. table. It's brutal. There's one of Jamie. Yeah, there's one of Jamie during. I think it's Joffrey's wedding. He's holding a to go coffee cup in his hand. Nice. That's funny. Back, man. Like from season three or That's four. Hilarious. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's just like the one shot where she had the perfect expression and it wasn't while they were filming. Oh, no, it was while they're. Yeah, never mind. (laughs) They Uh, could have like edited it out. Right. Edited it out. Edited it out. (laughs) I can never say that. (laughs) (laughs) Edited it out. Edited it out. Sounds so weird. Lord Ryan of House Cortez. Love that name. Worst episode of the season. Oh. Oh, Sir Patrick of Hindsight replies i'll raise you worst ever (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) damn sorry guys lord julio of house antonio it was a twist i didn't see that coming and there were a lot there was a lot of heartbreak yes indeed sir muhammad of house afif shittiest episode Ever. Bronn bringing crossbow to Winterfell and then leaves awkwardly. Danny can't see what's below her and then costs her a dragon. Danny's reason to not recover from the White Walker War is, quote, my enemy gets stronger every day. The fuck? <laughs> when, <laughs> when negotiating at King's Landing, if Cersei's army really wants to win the war, they just have to wipe out those cute li- that cute little army with the dragon perched at the back, considering Jon's army is still on the way. Yeah, man, that's what that's I'm saying, what you too. Said. Yep, that's All they exactly have to do is just light them up. Boom. Yes. I feel you, brother. Thanks for writing in, man. Sorry you're disappointed. Hopefully they can, um, you know, bring it back for you. Yeah. Thank you for writing in. Mm-hmm. Lord Bryson of House Wolf. Gendry totally Ted Mossbeed Arya. I'm not sure who Ted Mossbeed is. If you're down with How I Met Your Mother, it must oh, be somebody from that. okay. I, am, I have not watched that show. Neither so. have I. I've heard it's good, though. Yeah. I, I want to know what that is now. I'm going to look up <laughs> Ted Mossbeed. <laughs> Grey Worm no longer has any weakness. Weren't the wildlings and others supposed to stick around and fight Cersei? Why'd they all leave? Or was that just not part of the deal? Um, I, if I recall, their deal with John was to fight. Yeah, fight the, for life. To fight the dead. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they're, you know, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's where it kind of ended for them. Although I, I would have thought maybe that they 
would have maybe helped. Would but, find it appropriate, <laughs> but hey. Yeah, no, it, John asked them to fight when the time comes, when the Night King comes, and they can live peacefully on the land until then. Mm-hmm. I guess since they've never had his stake in the Seven Kingdoms, they're like, we don't care about yeah, that. It's <laughs> we don't care about the Iron Throne. <laughs> or was that just not part of the deal? But I thought last season that was the deal. John and Co will help Danny after Danny and Co help John defeat the dead. Mm, I guess John didn't have the authority to. I think John their and pack. Co. Yeah, I think John and Co may reference the the Northern Army and maybe even the Vale for the most part, but I don't think he really has much much say over what the Wildlings do. Yeah, I tend to agree. Good points, though. Thank you for writing in. Yeah, always good to hear from you, Lord Bryson. Lady Angie of House Ruiz, I am 50-50 on this episode. I don't want Danny to massacre innocents. This is something she's been fighting against since the show started. I hope they infiltrate word into King's Landing or something so that people leave. I didn't like the way they set up Danny since episode one. She's been getting more and more isolated as the episodes progress, and on top of it, mm-hmm. they're chipping away at her sanity by taking her most trusted companions, first Jorah, then another child, and finally Missandei. What child is she talking about? The dragon. Oh, the dragon. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Derp. <laughs> <laughs> if Danny truly goes mad, then what was the point of her incredible journey? A fallen hero? Are we just supposed to accept her Targaryenness taking over after all? Frown face. I accept that characters need to die, but the amount of losses she's had to endure in such a short time would drive anyone mad with rage. Also, HBO doesn't fool me. They got rid of two animals to save budgeting, probably. Too much CGI costing. Yep, another frowning face. I hated John leaving Ghost just like that. Just like that. So heartless. Looking forward to Arya and the Hound tag team. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for more Arya and the Hound. Love those guys. Sir Matthew of House Rep. Sandor was feeling so lost after the battle and losing Beric. First, he tried to find purpose with Brother Ray and again with Beric and the Brotherhood. Oh, that's true. He lost both of the organizations yeah. that he was with in their entirety. That's so sad. Yeah. He knows what his true purpose is, and it took Sansa to remind him of it when she told him she'd killed oh, her greatest enemy with hounds. Damn. Oh, shit. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Good call, brother. Sandor needs to embrace his inner hound to kill his greatest enemy. Oh, damn, that's so Clegane good. Bolt. Yeah, because after in in the books, it's even made more clear. Like when Sandor dies after the fight with Brienne, um, like he, the 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 elder brother on the Quiet Isle says, "The hound is dead. Sandor Clegane is at rest." So it implies that the persona of the hound is like a thing of the past at that point. But he's got to bring it back to take out Gregor. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a little bit more developed than in the book. Oh, man. Well, it's totally different, but yeah. But oh, okay. you'll Got see. It. You'll get it, yeah. Yeah. John has always had a bit of an identity crisis when he thought he was Ned's bastard. Now that he knows the truth, does he send Ghost away because he doesn't think he's stark enough? With Rhaegal <sighs> dying... Can he become the Targaryen his father was? I feel that even though he is born, that he is both, John feels as though he is neither. Uh, yeah. Similar to the Theon situation, huh? Totally. Yeah. Wow. Same situation. Foils of and each I- other, except one, one makes the right steps and one takes the wrong steps, you know? 
And we get that um, a little bit when John and Theon talk at Dragonstone, because I, I think I noted this a couple pod- podcast episodes ago that um, when he says to Theon, you're a Greyjoy and you're a Stark, mm-hmm. like you don't have to choose. Basically, I felt like he was also kind of talking about himself unknowingly because he's a Targaryen oh, yeah. and he's a Stark. Totally. So he doesn't have to choose. Good call. Good call. And yeah, don't forget you're one of us. Yeah, mm. man. That's a good one. I like that. Thank you for writing in, Sir Matthew. Yeah. Always good, good feedback. Mm-hmm. Lady Amberly of House Nicole. It was gut wrenching and left no feeling of satisfaction except knowing Ghost will be safe and we don't have to worry for him anymore. That is a good way to look at this. Make the make the best out of it. I think you found the silver lining, Lady Amberly. Lady Lakeisha Leckie of House Thompson. Sorry if someone already said this, but shouldn't the Greyjoy, could be the wrong name, guy, be wondering how the hell Tyrion knew that Cersei is pregnant? Hell, he just found out that morning. (laughs) (laughs) That should let him know that Cersei was already pregnant. Hopefully the writers don't overlook that tidbit. It's too important to not either acknowledge it or give it an explanation. I totally agree. Maybe it ends up with this, this total surprise where Arya's killed trying to kill Cersei, Jamie's killed trying to kill Cersei, and then at the last moment, Euron stabs her and, you know, and he's like, <sighs> like I would have let you live, but baby. you lied and told me it was my baby. Oh know? my God. He, he's crazy enough. That could totally happen. Right. And that'll be like the, what it takes to let Danny in. And he tries to like win her affection, but she roasts him with her dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Lady Sarah of House Larkham. The funeral was so emotional. Sansa giving Theon the Stark pin was so heartbreaking. The scene between Jamie and Brienne was a nod to the fans who shipped them after the bath scene in season three. That's us. I love the scene between Sansa and the Hound, and Sansa telling the Hound how Ramsay died by his hounds was priceless. There was a moment when Danny was beside Rhaegal. She was smiling and picturing John next to her on Rhaegal. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at that. Yeah. Then, all of a sudden, Rhaegal was hit. I was so sad and mad at the same time. Yeah. Me too. Kyburn mentioned to Bronn in the brothel that Cersei has a surprise for the Dragon Queen when she heads south in episode one of this season. That's true. And we knew exactly what it would be. People were like, well, Dro- Drogon destroyed the ballista. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. No, they're, they're making building tons of those. Tons of them and bigger. Oh, yeah, definitely. Varys, noticing how people like John naturally more than Danny, brought back the spider in Varys. And that was before he learned that John was the last male Targaryen. That's true. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Bronn using the crossbow to bargain a better deal for him on two highborn Lannisters was genius by Bronn, right? That's what I said, that he was really smart, but that it, like, I didn't like it, you know, it was really uncomfortable. I mean, I I like it. I thought it was awesome, but it made me feel uncomfortable watching it, which means it was good. Um, was also shocked when Missandei was in the chains when Mm. she was brought into Cersei. It was sad. Lady Mary Patricia of House D'Arigo. Ugh trying to hang on for the tumultuous ride in the next two episodes. Experience all the feelings, sad, sadness, hilarity, happiness, anger, suspension of belief, frustration. Good use of hilarity. That's a good word. Yeah, I love that word. Yeah, definitely. 
Lisa Forrester Carey. Far too many plot holes and inconsistencies. Jamie has been on this redemption arc for years. Finds out that Cersei, Cersei actually sent someone to kill him and then leaves Brienne to go back to her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's super fucked up. He's like the most whipped out of anybody ever. I'm hoping this was misdirection and that he's actually going back to try and stop her. That's Other... how I feel. Yeah, I think me too. It might be misled. He says that he's hateful and I think he's going to be hateful towards his sister. That's what I'm hoping too. We think Brienne is interpreting it as remember, she says, you, you don't have to die with her. Like, you, you, like, you know, you can't save her. And maybe Jamie's like in his head, like, I'm not going to save her. You know, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. That'd be awesome. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Arya is going back to Winterfell and really starting to find her humanity again and reconnect with her pam- family. Then she just leaves. It would be fine if she was going to finish her list, but it sounded as if she didn't plan to come back. I think that's just because she uh, thinks she's going to die in the process, like a suicide mission. I'm sure she would want to go back. Like, like she was saying, they're the last of the Starks, you know? It seems like yeah. she really does care about the family. John, in season one, the direwolves were sent here. They were meant to be here. John in season eight. Meh, just take Ghost up north with you. He'll be happier there. Anyway, I won't even say goodbye to the good old boy who's fought beside me and protected me. What the fuck? I know, it was awful. It was so bad. Dude. Sansa learned too much from Cersei and Littlefinger and not enough from her own past experiences. Ooh, that's an interesting way of looking at that. Yeah. Her not keeping the secret about them leaving King's Landing helped get her father killed. Damn, Ned kept his secret for 17 years until his death and Sansa couldn't keep it for 17 minutes. (laughs) And now she's done it again. She can't keep another secret. God damn it. (laughs) Danny has lost all credibility. Now that she's found out she's not the rightful ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, she doesn't really care who actually has a right to it she just wants it yep that's what i'm saying too like Mm -hmm. she needs to reconcile she always called anyone who wasn't the next in line of succession targaryen a usurper but she apparently doesn't mind being the usurper herself i feel sorry for her and for all that she's lost yeah yeah definitely but she's really been a stickler for those rules of succession until she discovered that she actually has no right to the throne (laughs) worst of all can we talk about euron the joking pirate apparently having guided missiles (laughs) 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 that's true the the accuracy was off the charts for those shots like the, the odds that he would be able to nail this uh ragal that first three times with is like without alerting Danny to the danger and then like just nailing him the first shot. Yeah. And three shots in a row. God damn. That's just mathematically. Nope. Impossible. (laughs) Danny couldn't see all those ships from midair, but he could not only see the dragons through a mountain, but could hit three out of three shots firing (laughs) from a moving boat at a dragon in the air. (laughs) Gurm himself has said that it's almost impossible to take down a flying dragon. It's been done one time in history by the Dornish and that was a lucky shot that got the dragon in the eye. Yes, mm. indeedy. Now, the Night King and Euron both have taken one down, but at least they had the leeway to say the Night King was successful because magic. <laughs> 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 Lastly, we're supposed to believe that Cersei lets Danny and co. come and go from King's Landing because... <laughs> right? <laughs> I, su- I guess we're going to assume that she's following the custom of not killing someone who's there to negotiate or have peace talks, but she didn't seem to care about 
But she didn't care about blowing up the queen, the hand of the king, the lord of the reach, the pope of Westeros, <laughs> and several hundred other people in a church. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. <laughs> I'm afraid D that D&D &D have totally lost control of this story. <laughs> not totally their fault because they signed on to adapt a story, not write one. But I was hoping for more. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it. All very valid points, Lady Lisa. Yes. Nice feedback. Yeah, Thank you for writing you. in. Thank you. I Lord Richard of House Horsefield. Hang in there. Or hang. Oh, sorry. Hang in there, Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Hang, Jamie Lannister. Oh. Even if he's going to kill Cersei, he still needs to die for what he did to Brienne. Dude. Sansa getting more irritating every scene she is in. <laughs> Poor ghost getting beat up, then dumped oh. by John. Danny about to become the Mad Queen. Ooh. Who's all ready for Clegane Bull? Yeah. Uh, me. Mountain kills hound. Mountain kills hound. Arya kills mountain. Place oh, your bets. Man. We're, yeah. Oh, man. Always good to hear from you, Lord Richard. That's a good buddy from Scotland. Yeah. Oh, nice. I would try a Scottish accent, but I would totally embarrass myself. So <laughs> like, I'm just going to pass one, on that. <laughs> <laughs> one of our good buddies from Scotland. We got a bunch. Yes. Lord Anthony J of House Aliquin. I, I have truly enjoyed this season. The only struggle I've had is the portrayal of Daenerys. I hope with these last two episodes, she overcomes all odds and wins the support of these people. She has truly lost a lot, and in no way, shape, or form can I blame her if she decides to repay it all with fire and blood. After conquering King's Landing, she can rebuild it and rule with the justice she has always wanted to. Very interesting take. We will see what happens, my friend. Yes. Lord Christian Dahl of House Pedersen. Great episode. R.I.P. Regal and Masande. The moment Grey Worm held hands with her and smiled, I just knew something oh. bad was coming. Yeah, me too. Really but I thought it was going to be Grey Worm, not yeah, me too. Masande. <laughs> Arya and the Hound on a mission. Is it really going to be Arya saving the day again? <laughs> it could be. Yeah, yeah. Coming up next week, two mad queens facing off. Oh, yes, man. Can't I love wait. that. Yeah, totally. Lord Christopher of House Cavero. Anyone else notice when Tormund is phrasing John at the beginning? He says, What kind of person climbs onto a dragon? A madman or a king? And the camera goes from Danny when he says madman to John as he says I king. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yep. I just thought it's clever. Very, Very clever. clever. Yeah, that's right. You mentioned that earlier, huh? Yes, that was very, very clever camera work there. Yep. Lady Kelsey of House Carlson. I loved this episode. I think my sinking feeling about Danny showing her true, true Targaryen colors is coming to light. She's Ooh. hungry for power and no matter the cost. It's true. That's Sansa, true. Yeah, it, it, it very much is. Mm -hmm. She's she's isolated, feeling alone. She while this is her home, this isn't where she grew up. I think she's feeling very out of place. and. Talk about stress and sadness. It's, I mean, it's it's the perfect storm for her to go mad. It's really sad to see this happening after everything she's done. I know. And tried to do and like the person that she's tried to be. Yeah, it is. Sansa is becoming like Littlefinger and it's it is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the Arya and the Hound moment is exactly what we have all been waiting yes. for. Yes. In the after show, they made it seem like Jamie is going back to Cersei because he is addicted to her. 
but I got the vibe that he wanted to kill her. Me too. Ooh. I'm excited to see how the, how the end of this all unfolds. Oh, Me man. too. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. And they could be even using the behind the scenes stuff to throw us off, you know? Like, who knows with these bastards? Johnny Stitches. Apparently, they removed the coffee cup. Let's see. He's got a link here. I'm clicking it. Johnny has a link to TMZ. Game of Thrones, another beloved character bites the dust. Danny's coffee cup. <laughs> Game of Thrones fans had their fun, but now it's over. HBO has digitally removed the disposable coffee cup seen sitting on a table next to Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> from Sunday's episode. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah, see, it's cool they can still do stuff like that, you know, and fix yeah. it. Lady Tammy of House Bar. I was so caught up in the go get the music and riding high on that victory momentum that when the arrow came flying through the air, I was shocked. Me too. Girl, me too. Me too. I was just like, <laughs> it was I like, just stopped sorry. in my tracks and like, I was, I froze. Yeah. Me too. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Horrible. There are no happy endings on this show. I love how this show allows me to get carried away, then experience the defeat and heartbreak like everyone else. Yep. I was also getting really mad at the beginning because all of the men were congratulating themselves on a victory. Without Danny, they would all be dead. If I was her, I would feel the same way. Yeah, yep. you, you can't blame her. That's for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Lady Elizabeth of House Spencer. Apologies to Claire Johnson. <laughs> My money's on Sansa to take it all, I think. She's come the farthest in terms of personal growth the whole series. Either that or everyone dies and they all decide on a representative democracy. I would like that. That'd um, be cool. Yeah, constitutional republic, especially. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not some farcical aquatic ceremony. <laughs> nice. Great to hear from you, Lady Elizabeth. Thank you for writing. Lord Eric W. of House Morrison. I liked the episode, but I'm mad about when they killed Rhaegal and Lysandre. They deserve better than that. And John was about to tell Sansa and Arya that he's not a Stark, but letting Bran tell them was great was a great choice. Yeah, very interesting. And Danny isn't listen listening to anyone again. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> She's not even listening to Varys, which she should. Yeah, Varys is definitely a person you should pay attention to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, Sir Patrick wrote, brandsplaining. <laughs> Sir Patrick of Hindsight, gazer of the mirish rear view, says, disparate house ladies of Westeros. <laughs> and a picture of Varys and Tyrion, one game at a time, my friend. Season 7, Maesters. Remember when Lodos prophesied that the drowned god would emerge from the sea to pull Aegon the Conqueror out of the sky? Ebros, pfft, Lobos. I knew this would come true in some form. Now Aegon has lost his dragon. So, Lobos being Euron here. Um, or, Is it Lobos or Lodos? Sorry, Lodos. Okay. So, Lodos prophesying the drowned god would emerge from the sea. So, that's basically talking about Euron coming from the sea and taking out Danny's dragon. That's hardcore, man. This episode was almost like watching my head cannon coming to life. <laughs> At least some of you were likely surprised that Gendria never came to be. Yeah. I, I mean, it made sense that they hooked up, but it also totally made sense what happened. So I'm right there with you, brother. Yeah. Jorah, she let you down before long. Dario, we'll all be let down before long. 
The only satisfaction I get from Danny's descent into madness is that I called it in season six. (laughs) (laughs) That you did. Yeah. Bran, stop living in the past. Danny really needed some fucking Raven Scouts in this episode. Seriously. (laughs) He could have been guiding her. Yeah, that's so rough. Did she seriously forget about the fleet that destroyed her navy? Right? Like, what the hell? You got to keep your eye out for that thing, man. I knew Kyburn was Mengele. Admitting his familiarity with the screams of dying children confirms it. The first line Kyburn says to any of the little birds is, How's your eye? This invokes comparison to the experiments that Mengele would perform on children's eyes in the concentration camps. Sure, the line makes him seem compassionate, but Mengele was known to be compassionate towards the Jewish children. Mengele was fucked, for sure. Yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure they featured his character in the show, um, or his like a character of him in the show, The Man in the High Castle, which I highly recommend watching. Really good. Just noticed this. In the opening credits, the archway into the Great Hall at Winterfell is broken. The furniture and fixtures inside are trying to pop up, but they can't. Oh, that's so cool. I missed that. On second watching, this episode is actually a lot better written than I initially gave it credit for. It's a really well-handled information dump. Nice. Yeah, I think this is a pretty great episode, in my opinion. Thanks for writing in, everybody. Always great to hear from you guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. Lots of good feedback now that we're rolling in through season eight. Oh, yeah. So much so we had to record your feedback another night. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I'm in different clothes. Yeah, same here. (laughs) All right, that's our show. Episode 116. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you guys so much. And it's really good to be back. I'm sorry I had to take a week off during um, my onboarding with my new job. So it feels good to be back behind the mic. Yeah, and congratulations uh, with the new job. and glad everything's thank going you. well. It's awesome. And we're thank glad you. to have you back, of course, as well. Thank you. <laughs> and a huge thank you to John Bailey, the epic voice guy from the Emmy-nominated Honest Trailers for announcing our show. If you'd like to donate or subscribe to support us, you can go to paypal.me slash gompodcast or patreon.com slash gompodcast to donate an amount of your choosing. There are links to both at gameofmicrophones.com. And just so you guys know, this show costs a lot more than we've ever made. So any but any uh, donations that you guys make, make a huge difference. And if you like what we've done, providing content for the entire rewatch and through the new season and everything, we'd really appreciate it if you would consider sending us just a single dollar and help keep us around and uh, recoup some of the costs for the production thank you very much for considering it we've also been contacted by an angel investor who's willing to match donations three times over so if that gives you any incentive to donate then please feel free to do so thanks doing some online shopping go to gameofmicrophones.com and click on our link to amazon as an amazon associate we earn from qualifying purchases any contribution you make helps and you can help secure the continued existence of game of microphones we'd like to thank our patrons sir matthew of house rep lady lucy of house roberts lady candace of house twos lady terry of house theodore lord jeff of house allen sirenicide lord john of house grills luke the low duke Lord Bryson of House Wolf, Jen from Tarot Spirit, Lord Jeremiah of House Carpenter, Lord Corey Eugene of House Coon, the last High Gardener of High Garden, and Lord Robert of House Misiewicz. Thank you guys so much. We love you yes, and appreciate thank you. your patronage. Seven blessings. <laughs> and one extra one for good measure. 
And make sure to check out Sirenicide, the serialized horror drama podcast featuring me and Archmaster Stitches. Go to Sirenicide.com and download it wherever you get your podcasts. We also want to give a huge thanks to Lady Lisa of House Sky, Pie Romancer. She is key behind the scenes in keeping our website Game of Microphones up and running. She's also an incredibly skilled artist. You need to check out her amazingly illustrated children's book, The People You May See, available now on Amazon.com. It's Prime eligible too, so you'll get it in a couple of days. And I'll tell you what, my almost three-year-old, it's his favorite book. Totally. He loves the drawings. They're, it's, it's, it's a great, great book. You have to go buy it. Um, you can check all of her workout at fineartsbylisa.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram.com slash fineartsbylisa. Next episode, we'll be covering season eight, episode five, the penultimate episode of the series, the title Crazy. of which is still unknown. Make sure to give it a watch and send us your thoughts. We'll also be coming on the air live immediately following the episode, so join us for that on facebook.com slash Podcast and at youtube.com slash Microphones. We'd love to read your comments live as we talk about the episode immediately after it airs. If you'd like to call us, you can always reach us at 813-JOFFREY. That's 813-563-3739. If you'd like to write in, you can email us at ravens at gameofmicrophones.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. Ipslap! You can listen to Game of Microphones on YouTube, BitChute, and Steemit. Just search for Game of Microphones to find our channel. Likes, comments, and shares are greatly appreciated. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Minds at Podcast. And we're on Tubbler, too, at Game of Microphones. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. We're here to say goodbye to our brothers and sisters. To our fathers and mothers. To our friends. Our fellow men and women who set aside their differences to fight together and die together so that others might live. Everyone in this world owes them a debt that can never be repaid. It is our duty and our honor to keep them alive in memory for those who come after us and those who come after them for as long as men draw breath. They were the shields that guarded the realms of men. And we shall never see their likes again. He asked the hound, he's like, have you seen Arya? And the hound's great response, you can still smell the burning bodies and that's where your head's at? And he's like, well, uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are aware he took my family's throne and tried to have me murdered. And and Gendry's probably in his head like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. He's like, I didn't even know him. I didn't know him. He was my father until after he was dead. Please I'm don't sorry, kill I'm me. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs>
So, so you're, you were taken in by this and lulled into a sense of complacency. Whereas totally. I was watching it and the more people started smiling, I, the more uncomfortable I was getting. You know, like like Brienne is like, ah, ah, like while well, they're doing the drinking game, just like hugest smile know, on her face ever. And I was like, fuck, like this is not going to be good. Something I bad mean, like, is going to happen. We Great only get line. the Hound and Bronn together right before the Battle of the Blackwater, right? I think so. I wish we could see more of those two together. Yeah, like, that would be great. The word cunt would have a whole, like... It would lose all meaning. It would, it would lose just be all said meaning. So much. <laughs> we have a Japanese maple out front. Same here. Nice. It's, Dude, I love we have them. so much in common. That's crazy. I know. It's so crazy. Creepy. Are you, like, so, stalking me or some shit? Am I stalking no, you? I think you're stalking me. <laughs> okay, I admit it. <laughs> Kyburn's weird. Yeah, he's cool. They were the shields that guarded the realms of men. And we shall never see them like again. again. So good. Oh, that kind of rhymed. And then Tormund comes up as Bran standing. We did it. We faced those icy fucks. Look them under their blue eyes. And here we are. Now which one one of you you cowards cowards shit in my my pants? pants. (laughs) Everyone's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) Arya is... Like really, honestly happy. Excited for him. for him. I loved the the last that we're left with is a pit, like an image of him, and then it cuts away. But the last sound we hear is like an arrow, and I was like, oh, it's like an arrow through the heart. <laughs> Yo, that's so. Br- but not like, Cupid's dunk. arrow. No, but it's like the, a death arrow. <laughs> yeah, like more like Rhaegal's arrow. Too yeah. soon. Oh, sad. super fucked up. And it's Hound and Arya Road Trip version Yay! two. Do you think they're going to come across Nymeria? At least they each get their own horses this time, too. Oh, there's <laughs> a bug in my face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, if she basically, basically using Cersei, I have to sneeze. Ugh. Uh, it's not going to come, I don't think. Sorry. Arya's goodbye to Beric and Sam. Oh, sorry. Arya's goodbye to Beric and Sam. Oh, shit, sorry. Fuck, fuck. Arya's <laughs> goodbye okay. and Beric's to Sam. Oh, my God. What am I... It must be like these fucking... Here, put know. a comma there. Arya's goodbye to Beric. Oh, yeah. And okay. Sam's okay. to Ed. Thank yeah. you. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we see seeds of conflict between her and John being sown now, although John tries not to get on the throne. But later we get that quote the best ruler might be someone who doesn't want to rule, unquote. A reversal of quote any man who says I'm the king is no king, unquote. Good call. That's a great mirror. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Everyone in this world owes them a debt that can never be repaid. It is our duty. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> For as long as men draw breath. They were just... Sh- <laughs> they were the shields that guarded the realms of men. And we shall never see their likes again. Boom. Bang. I've traveled to a bunch of random places and random countries. But as a Midwestern guy, I recently have been falling in love with what the more rugged parts of America have to offer to all of us before they're gone. Team Age Productions and Powers Media House presents Beautiful America, a musical documentary series with all original content. Explore the Southwest of America and indulge in some places you've heard of and plenty more that you certainly have not. Cooking under the stars and below freezing temps of Death Valley. 
4K drone footage of one of the most insane monoliths on Earth. Driving in abandoned mines, cliffs, canyons, and wild times. Check it out. Team Age Productions on Facebook and YouTube. That's T-E-A-M-A-G-E Productions. Beautiful America. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.